From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Live from the boardwalk in Atlantic City at six minutes past the hour with Jennifer Doughton-Smith. I am your humble public servant, Hurley in the morning on a work release day here at Town Square Media's WPG Talk Radio 95.5. If you haven't downloaded the app, it will be such a smart thing for you to do right now. Download the app and then take the station with you today. Uh, It's going to be a big day. We have 12 or 13 consecutive live iconic interviews that we will be doing live from what is known as show central so if you come down florida avenue come up to the boardwalk you'll go a little bit towards your left towards say the the north uh, east section of atlantic city towards the inlet and we're basically directly across from historic boardwalk hall we have such an incredible view we're going to watch just several hours from now the most elite parachuters on planet earth the Golden Knights, they are incredible. There'll be colored smoke pouring out of their ankles. They'll hit X marks the spot right on the beach in Atlantic City. Welcome to the Meet AC Atlantic City Air Show, 19th straight installment. And it was an idea that was hatched right in the conference room of Town Square Media Atlantic City with then Joe Kelly. Now it's Michael Chait, the president of the Greater Atlantic City Chamber of Commerce. And Atlantic City was not on the schedule. This was a concept where they had an open date with no promise that the air show would ever happen a second time. I think it was 350,000 people turned out, and the rest is history. It is the largest midweek air show in America. Oh, very, very good. Uh, Dr. Kesselman, who's going to join us in just a moment, you've got Stockton royalty over your right shoulder. Good to see you, Alex. Yeah, he's turning the app down. He has the app. That's what we want you to do. And here's the reason. The app will give you the portability of the radio station. It will give you all of the digital content. Between Chris Coleman and I and other content producers, there will be a lot of photos, a lot of great information. We have everything from the uh, airspace restrictions because you don't unwittingly want to make a mistake. We have all this technology now. If you flew your drone within 10 miles of this show, you would have a very serious problem on your hands. You don't want to get in to any of that stuff where you would even unwittingly encroach airspace. In this portion of our program, Dr. Harvey Kesselman, a dear friend of mine, the president of Stockton University, Stockton University, a premier sponsor of today's broadcast and we thank you for that dr kesselman welcome to our live coverage oh i love being here and we're proud and honored uh, proud and honored to be a sponsor um of the show and this is extraordinary for atlantic city and you've been a key part of this from the from the beginning how, the, how does that feel well i'm a small part we have a great team <laughs> jennifer we've been here since uh, zero dark 30 <laughs> And uh, she's fantastic. Our president, Michael Rubel, our program director, Chris Coleman, our content director, Joe Kelly, all hands on deck. Uh, Heather in flight suit. She's got some coverage up on the website right now from her excellent adventure on an F-16. I'm going to admit uh, I chickened out. I had the opportunity to fly on several occasions. And I figure if I stay on terra firma, 
I can't have a problem, even though they're the greatest in the world at what they do. So I never went up. I, I heard about what is involved, the flight suit, all the stuff, and I just took a pass. But uh, it's a great feeling to be here at such an iconic event. You could take your pick. I mean, we've had a concert series summer uh, to end all be all. There's been, I think Jennifer will back me up on this with all the concert, the country concerts, all the Atlantic City concerts, the Ocean City, Summer's Point. I mean, John Cafferty and the Beaver Brown Band are making two appearances in the in the very near future in Atlantic City with Sly Stallone and Frank Stallone and in Summer's Point. So it has been a magical summer. But in many respects, this is sort of the uh, the ultimate special event. Fifty million dollars of economic spend. It's turned into not just one day, but the practice day, as we were talking about right before airtime, is almost the entire show. So you have two air shows. You have people getting in even before the practice day and staying a day or two later than today. It's a week long event now. It really is. And it's exciting for it really is. And it is absolutely exciting for all of us who are, you know, who are part of it. As you know, um, we have a huge celebration going all day. Um, we opened it up to all of our alumni, our faculty and staff to come at the uh, campus just just a few blocks to the south, if you want to call it the south, the Ventnor side. Yep. Um, and we're really, really excited. We should we should have at least, you know, a thousand to fifteen hundred uh, there. We also have an open Open house today. It's called Sky's the Limit at Stockton Atlantic City. So if you have any seniors or juniors who are looking for an opportunity to folks who come down, please come visit us. Uh, you'll have a great time uh, on the other end. And we're just thrilled to be part of Atlantic City. But this event, okay, which is a, you know a signature event and one in which um, I think it is a great way to begin the conclusion, not the end, but to begin the commence the conclusion of the summer season in Atlantic city I, I can't think of a better way to hasn't do it. this gone like that this no, summer scary how it is un- and where do you see yeah. i know i'm not going to get misty eyed or anything but this is your final season where do you see how fast this year is well i go? can't even believe it they announced it's like 10 like next week it's 10 months left this, this is, is amazing it, it does go quick. quick reset you're listening to dr harvey kesselman the president of stockton university it really isn't a time and we're going to get into this next in stockton's history where Dr. Kesselman was not a part of Stockton, a graduate of the first class, the only alumnus to ever become president of the university. We have a lot of great news. We were able to break a story this week. Money Magazine put their money where their mouth is, that Stockton University is a best buy for the dollar college or university in America. We'll get into that big move that Stockton made. Let me do a quick reset. We are here for the next five-plus hours, just the pregame show. Uh, because of our banner-presenting sponsors, premier sponsors, United States Congressman Jeff Andrew, who I think we'll see later today, Stockton University, who I mentioned, Dr. Harvey Kesselman and his great team. We have banner-presenting sponsors, Senator Vince Palestina, who will join us later this morning, Jack Cittarelli, he'll be here, John Zarek, he will be here, Senator Michael Testa, he will be here, Chuck Malamud of Morgan Stanley, Jim Malamud of Green Tree Mortgage, Senator Bill Gormley, who is sponsoring an interview that we are doing. You know about this every year. The Longport VFW brings a veteran and their family every year for a spoil, unbelievable, over-the-top week here in the area with accommodations and special events. We're going to visit with the commander 
of the Longport VFW, Larry Passantrilli, and that interview, uh, which will take place between 7 and 7.30 this morning, is presented by Senator Bill Gormley. Ocean First Bank, Meet AC, the banner, the premier sponsor of the Atlantic City Air Show, and they've signed a three-year deal, so that's great that the Atlantic City Air Show has economic stability for, you know, the, the, the uh, next several years going forward, which is huge. And uh, Joe Girallo, our Atlanta County Clerk, and Resorts Casino Hotel, which happens to be the official and exclusive casino hotel for the Hurley in the Morning program as well. All making it possible for us to be here with you for our five-plus-hour pregame show. And then simultaneous, I mean, there'll be no break in coverage. We will then go commercial-free. And most of the next five hours will be limited commercial and the last two hours commercial-free. But the whole air show commercial free until the end and it's going to be a fabulous day here that's why we're encouraging you to download the wpg talk radio 95.5 app let's go back to the beginning dr kesselman because atlantic city and stockton stockton and there's a pet squirrel jennifer too actually to your left fantastic i want to radio is a theater of the mind if you all notice it's the the squirrels are domesticated now they really they used to run away from people now they run to us there's something we had in evolution Remember the birds? Oh, yeah. They'll take the pizza right out of your hand. So anyhow, Atlantic City and Stockton, no strangers. In fact, the year was 1971, and the Mayflower Hotel in Atlantic City was Stockton University. Absolutely. Uh, It was in St. James in Tennessee, which is now the Orange Loop, which is really an exciting part of the city. What happened is was the main campus in Galloway was not ready in time. And as a result, we, we received calls. In those days, it was calls. It wasn't text messages or emails that we're not going to open up in Galloway. We're going to open up in Atlantic City. We thought, okay, we're in Atlantic City. And remember, this is pre-casino Atlantic City. And it was, um, it wasn't in the best of shape. And the Mayflower was, that that was an era when people were leaving Atlantic City. Oh yeah. In droves. They used to say the last one, turn out the light. Exactly. And, and the Mayflower was nearly condemned and it wound up. It really was. We have a squirrel here. You know, we had a faculty member. I've got to go off the tangent who used to domesticate squirrels on the end of the, Tom Foley, Tom Foley, who I know is listening right now, he has a pet squirrel. I should remember his name. Uh, and he feeds peanuts oh, right out of his hand. Absolutely. Well, he would carry it into the class, and the students would be, like, amazed. Not Tom Foley, but yeah. the faculty member. Um, but going back there, so it was a nearly condemned Mayflower Hotel where the faculty, students, everything, they, <laughs> this is historical. You should be here, everyone. Uh, <laughs> it's like human. That squirrel's part human. The squirrel's right up in front of us, just walking around. Um, <laughs> and, 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 you know, as if, if you went to a conference, if you go to a conference in two or three days, you bond with the people yeah. there. Well, imagine if the whole first semester of an institution, everyone eating together, taking classes together, you know, running, you know, running on the boardwalk together, or and that sense of community, which I've always said was was formed here, and then we transported over to Galloway. And as we grew in Galloway, we still maintained that sense of community, yeah. and to be able to come back. Okay, here now, which we have done, you know, we opened it up in fall 18, 2018, and um, we're, we're thrilled to you know, be back home. Uh, if I ever write a book, I'll call it um, titled Bookends, from where I begin Love here it. and end here. Back to the future. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, 17 minutes past the hour with Dr. Harvey Kesselman. Dr. Kesselman is the president of Stockton University, and he'll be our guest for the entire hour. Coming up at 7 o'clock, as I mentioned, we're going to have an interview with Larry Passantrilli, the commander of the Longport VFW. You talk about beautiful work that they do. This um, 
warrior program that they do is is just fantastic. This is going to give you an opportunity um, to talk about something that I think is rather dynamic. What does Atlantic City mean to Stockton University? And then turn it. What does Stockton University mean to Atlantic City? Good question, um, as, as always. Um, look, there is no question. We, we've done great things in Galloway, and I love Galloway. For goodness sake, I've spent, you know, half a century on the Galloway campus. But Atlantic City gives us national exposure. In fact, international exposure, because people forget. And I, you know, and, and I always say this when I meet, particularly with North Jersey legislators, you know, when you leave the state and you look up a weather forecast, the city that pops up is Atlantic City. Yeah. Everyone knows Atlantic City. So everything that we do in Atlantic City, okay, is magnified because not only does the local media pick it up, uh, but national media yeah. picks it up. Just my retirement, which you're talking about, you know, Presidents retire every day, but it got national yes, news, it not because of me. It got national news because where we're located. So in that regard, you know, it's been great for Stockton. And it's also been, I think it's a mutual relationship. I think one way, there's many ways to turn cities around, but what, there are two ingredients that they need. Meds and eds yeah okay and we have that now you have atlantic care of course it's it's strong presence in the city uh who's by the way laurie herndon i will always shout out because she's a stockton grad and too. fantastic exactly and wonderful and now you have stockton you have a major university in the city and with that anchoring and that's why we're called an anchor institution we're designated one in 2016 anchoring the parts of the city so that we can begin to hopefully work in conjunction with the city to bring it back to its you know primary destination resort in the united states it was once in the world and we all know that there's nothing that stops us from doing it you mentioned atlantic city and there's no question about that and uh, i'm not going to speak for you or for jennifer but anywhere that we travel margie and i when someone asks where are you from we don't say egg harbor township or we were they have our life at ventnor we say atlantic city Me too because when you say Atlantic City, whether you – Margie and I did a once-in-a-lifetime cruise about 10, 11 years ago. In fact, I know it's um, almost 10 years because our passport is about to expire, <laughs> and I had to get a passport to go because part of the cruise took us to Victoria, British Columbia. So we are on this cable car going up many hundreds of feet up to a mountain, very obscure. We're in Alaska. And this very nice woman asks us where we're from, and we sign the register, and we say Atlantic City. She knew exactly, exactly. where we were from. That's if right. you said some other city, it, it would be unknown. And, and not to bury the lead, the whole point, WPG, is World's Playground. Okay. Atlantic City had two nicknames. Right. World's Famous Playground, which is WFPG, okay. which we had um, for decades as the AM station, 1450 call letters. Our sister station, uh, Light 96.9, WFPG. So there was a, it was a good decision. A decision was made. There was some brand confusion between AM and FM. Now we're FM as well and right. AM. So we changed to WPG. You know, so they're the two iconic call that. letters. Yeah. And, you know, that, that's, I would promote that even now, more. The world's now are playground. You, are you also aware that straight across just a few hundred feet from us, if you're in that beautiful convention center, which is, or I should say, Hall, it used right. to be the Langston right. Convention Center, but now we have the convention center a slightly offshore. Do you know when you're in that beautiful arena, there is a gorgeous um, stainless, yes. or what's it, what would it be called? Um, what's that called? Uh, the glass that has multicolored. Uh, it, I'm drawing a blank on I it, know, but you know what I'm talking I, about. I know exactly. So you have right. this beautiful glass. 
and WPG oh, is in it. When the hall was ref- refurbished because of Senator Gormley, right. millions of dollars, there had been so much cigarette smoke and schmutz. You technical word. It. You couldn't see it. Okay. It was complete stained glass. Okay, was, stained glass. Was right. the, uh, I'm, I'm, the term I was looking for. Uh, no one in the studio audience helped me, but we'll, we'll get there. <laughs> it's, it's live radio. We'll get there. Nobody got hurt. <laughs> so the stained glass is now beautiful and restored, and it says WPG because WPG right. used to be in in there. Boardwalk Hall. Okay, that's amazing. The radio and, station. And, and that's easy to remember. And did you know it was owned by the city of Atlantic City at one point? That the station. I, uh, no, I did not know that. I'm here to help. Well, you've just given me a great history lesson. But the point I was trying to say is that that is an easy way to remember the call numbers. Yes. I I would promote that more, quite frankly. (laughs) I didn't realize that. Yeah, I think we do uh, all the time, actually. World's Playground, WPG. Okay, beautiful. And we love it. Uh, So that is just another example of Atlantic City as such a powerful destination resort and it's drawing and what it's done for us okay is we're drawing applications from places we never did before yeah and th- from throughout the country now and and we had this year a record number of applications almost thirteen thousand applications we're going to have about f- fifteen hundred either our second or f- you know maybe our fir- largest first year class ever and so this is so after COVID so now. thirteen thousand will apply right. and i think you sort of started saying it are you saying that Less than 1,500 will get accepted? 1,500 first-year students will enroll. Okay. More than that will get accepted, but 1,500 will enroll, which is which is phenomenal. And I don't think there's going to be many colleges and universities, not only in New Jersey, but in the United States, that are going to be up. So okay. I don't say this in, in, a, in an mm-hmm. off-putting way. Decl- declination rate is... Very high. Well, uh, yeah, but we try to make sure local folks get opportunities, and we have a lot of what's called pathway programs with community colleges. So if we they cannot get admitted to Stockton, we encourage them to go to a community college, perform at a certain yeah. level, and then come to. Well, Stockton. I love it. I mean, for example, unless you correct me, because mm-hmm. I think we've done interviews on this, Doctor Kesselman. If you graduate from Atlantic Cape Community College and you have your two years associate's degree. You have to be accepted. Oh yeah, we will accept them exactly. We want to do that. We want, and we now have it with more than Atlantic Cape. We've expanded that to about hmm, nine or ten of the community colleges in New Jersey because we're committed to that. We're committed to look. We're drawing from all over, but we are still primarily committed to New Jersey citizens because we are funded, you know, in large measure, not completely by any stretch, by the state of New Jersey. So we have a great commitment to that. Tell your listeners, and uh, we're twenty-four minutes past the hour with Stockton University President. Harvey Kesselman on WPG Talk Radio 95.9, uh, 95.5. This is our annual Atlantic City Air Show, Thunder Over the Boardwalk. And this is, again, that very nice focus, uh, a reflection and a salute to those who have served. Uh, and you'll hear that theme all throughout and then right up until the enlistment uh, part of the program. It's very, very special. You're going to enjoy the whole day. Download the app if you haven't done it yet. Stockton opened up, and you were basically oversold before you even opened up the mm, Atlantic City yes, campus. Yes. So then the next phase, phase two. Uh, how are things going in terms of construction? Because with supply chain issues and things that most people have had you know, a very, very challenging time with, you all did your homework 
and got your supplies Absolutely. early and we, locked in. We have locked in, and so we're on time and within budget, and that's not that's, happening anywhere. That's, anywhere. A, that's almost unheard of. Right, and not only on time, I'm hoping we could open May of 20. I mean, for example, the, the supermarket that Atlantic City, because it's a food desert, de- right. desperately wants. Did you see now what that will cost versus oh, what they absolutely. thought it would cost? Oh, anything but you didn't like run that. into any of that. None, none of it, because we were, we, you know. It's I, like 30% think, higher. Yeah, I know. I know we wouldn't be able to do yeah, the project yeah, if yeah. we if we had to start it now. It would be very difficult for us to do the project. And you know that's one. That's why we went with Paladino at Devco. That's why we went with Gingoli because they know what they're doing. One of the things you know, people said, why why go with? Well, they've built most of Rutgers in New Brunswick. Yeah. We know they know how. To, there's a difference between building a college and university than than any other kind of structure because you have many more statutory requirements that you have to fulfill when you build a building like that. So, but it was being ahead of the gear curve and i think one of one of the things and i guess money magazine just noted it one of the things we've been is ahead of the curve and that that's that's we pride ourselves in that we have great people i have an incredible team harry just like you do an incredible team of people who are on top of on top of their game and if the game is construction and facilities then they're on top of that game and i would put them up against any in in new jersey and really in the country quite well frankly. you, you I'm, I'm buying what you're selling because anybody that would want to criticize any of the choices look at what you're getting you're getting delivery on time and on price exactly and that as you say that's not happening happening anywhere i mean remember a sheet of plywood went bananas bananas i no. mean you know something that used to be very inexpensive went above a hundred and some dollars per sheet of plywood and and it became cost prohibitive for many people uh to to do any type of construction project if you could even get your materials. Well, trying to get a car. If you get, a, you know, somebody gets a, a, you know, their car in a slight accident, and the car's out because he can't get parts for months. So it's, it's 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 very scary now. Uh, I would not, you know, I'd be cautious about building now. Of course, we'll be, you know. Particularly when we start talking about phase three, we got to make sure we can get what, the, what we need at the right price or you, or you can't do it. When I first took the tour right before things opened, mm-hmm. the first comment I made as an old hotel executive was, these cannot be called dorms. <laughs> I mean, these these are beachfront condominiums, <laughs> right? <laughs> Correct. And in fact, you've got me calling them that now. I appreciate every, that. Every interview that I give. And, but they really are. They're absolutely gorgeous. Breathtaking. When the parents drop off the kids, they said, the kids can go home. We're staying the weekend. And I'm not kidding you. Um, it sells itself. And this, it was funny. We, you know, we were worried. Look, anytime you open a 533-bed structure on the boardwalk, uh, you know, one day before classes started, we didn't get to see yeah. other one day before. You worried, is it going to be filled within five hours? it was filled five hours you, you and i talk about things like for example there's about fifteen thousand hotel rooms in atlantic city correct how many rooms does stockton have well we have three thousand beds so so uh, it's a for, yeah, somewhere of you know 1500 1500 rooms so i i want to get co- it's crazy I, I, isn't it I, I, when I, you think I, about it you, yeah you're right. a hotel operator uh, oh, absolutely without a doubt no, no, and and for a while no. operating seaview marriott no, no. And a golf course exactly. and a hotel. Exactly. And that was interesting because there was a teaching hotel concept yeah. and all it of was that. Not, yeah, it was the right idea at the right time, but it wasn't forever. And we knew we had, for us to expand, it had to be here. I'm glad we have the whole hour because it's halftime already. We're going to be right back with Jennifer Downton-Smith. I'm her early in the morning. Town Square Media is live from the Meet AC Atlantic City Air Show. It will be thunder over the boardwalk. Stay with us. Stay close. Download the app.
WPG Talk Radio 95.5, South Jersey's talk station. This is the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network. With South Jersey information you need to know, I'm Vin Avenue. Thousands have descended on Atlantic City for the air show today, and the weather will be perfect as dozens of planes and jets will fly over the ocean and the boardwalk. A Galloway man responsible for dealing heroin laced with fentanyl that killed a man in Tom's River has pled guilty and is looking at seven years in prison. And Pfizer says its COVID-19 vaccine is safe and effective against Omicron in children under the age of five. Get more South Jersey information right now on our app. Your forecast is next. From the Townsquare, New Jersey Info and Weather Network, I'm Chief Meteorologist Dan Zarrow. Two days of rain-free weather. If you like it hot, you'll like this forecast a lot. Mostly sunny skies and dry weather today, paired with low humidity. High temperature 88 will be closer to 80 at the beaches. Clear tonight, low 67. Mostly to partly sunny and hot tomorrow, high at 89. Again, cooler along the oceanfront. Could be a few spotty thunderstorms around Friday. Get weather 24-7 wherever you are. Download our free mobile app today. Your radio home for the Atlantic City Air Show. WPG Talk Radio 
KDAC Atlantic City Air Show. We're interviewing Stockton University President Dr. Harvey Kesselman. Money Magazine has an annual process where they rank the colleges and universities in America with respect to the best buy for the dollar. Stockton University has made a huge move. We have a story up, ladies and gentlemen, if you go on your app or to the website, we have a whole story about this. Yeah, we. I'm completely amazed and sh- and really, really proud of the fact that we jumped over 300 spots in the last, it was since 2015. That's like amazing. So we went from 488 in 2015 to 156 in the country. Uh, when you think about it, there's 50 states, three colleges per state is, is, is 150. So to get that kind of jump on college value and what I like about Money Magazine as compared to some of the other ones where we where we also score real high, they use almost 40 different outcome criteria. Everything from the financial condition of the university to its cost to its placement in jobs and things of that nature um, to its graduation rates, retention rates. Every aspect of the university is analyzed by Money Magazine and, and to make that kind of a jump in this sort of a period of time is simply unheard of. And again, uh, as I said before we went on break, you have to thank a whole team of people for that. Working together um, to to do everything possible to make you provide a high quality, affordable education uh, to the students who come to Stockton. When you move up, 156, right? Yes. When you move up to 156 in terms of best value for the dollar, that becomes very attractive for people looking at, hey, where can you get a great education and where can you get a great education and the biggest bang for your buck? Absolutely. It's a big deal, isn't it? It's a huge deal. And and they have a way, if you go into Money Magazine, of comparing institutions and you can quickly find that out. Um, and to be that high and particularly for, uh, again, a relatively young institution and to make that kind of jump over that short a period of time uh, is truthfully unheard of. And we're thrilled. Uh, we're honored. Our job is to keep moving it forward. I mean, I'd like, do you think, I know one year during the pandemic, uh, they didn't do the rankings. So you had the one year off. We know where you were in 2020 and the big move now with 2022, 2023 school year. Without us being like uh, investigators, is this a byproduct that Stockton University held the line and you did everything you could to keep costs down? Oh, absolutely. It's a byproduct of that. And then even from construction costs, everything associated with it, the fact that our ratings have gone up by Fitch and Moody's and all the entities, the fact that we just had, you know, a, a perfect reaccreditation process. So I think it's the culmination more so than anything of a lot of people working hard with the same vision, the same mission uh, to provide, a, as I said, to provide a high quality education and affordable price, uh, to, to the students who we serve. And I think the fact that, again, that, you know, our reputation has improved, you know, pretty dramatically. And, and, and we're thrilled about that, but it's never over. Because as quickly as you can go up, some schools have gone If We had to go up 300 yeah. places. What happened to other schools? So as a result, it's very, very important to stay focused on what you do and, they, and recognize, my dad used to say, he said, don't ever forget what brung you. And, so, and to recognize what brung us and to keep moving in that direction. Approaching 10 minutes before the top of the hour, we're going to visit with Larry Passantrilli, commander of the Longport VFW. They do a beautiful program every year. I can't wait to do same time next year interview with Larry. And that interview is uh, presented by Senator Bill Gormley. And we thank him for his participation today. In terms of COVID-19, 
I have to believe it was a major impact on American life, on all institutions. A third of restaurants have gone forever. They're just not coming back. How has COVID-19 affected the educational delivery system? And does that continue to this day? Oh, absolutely. There are some seri- there are some colleges and universities that are in serious financial condition that were not that way before COVID-19. When you have to shut down operations, uh, which many did, uh, as you know, Harry, one of the things we, we tried to stay up, we were open. We never shut down. That's number one. Um, but they haven't come back. Some of the schools have come back and you're going to hear more and more about mergers, about institutions that have not made it are going to merge with other institutes. I'm talking about colleges and universities now. Stockton, fortunately, and we're but like we have a record number of applications. We're going to have a you know, huge first year class. We came back because what we tried to do and, and, and the governor was kind enough to grant us. I mean, we kept arguing that in South Jersey wasn't North Jersey and we had very different conditions and because we grow horizontally because we have more space we knew we could social distance we put up all the plexiglass we you know we instituted vaccination policy all of that you know sometimes those things are controversial but at the end of the day which is what you know we measure at the end of the day I you know credit the fact that we are we rebounded so rapidly to all the different moves that we made during that time and our unwillingness to that we really wanted to be open. And I think I worry. I worry for higher education um, for because a lot of students are getting latched out now are the students that, uh, you know, have been underrepresented to begin with. And we as a society have to pay a lot of attention to that because if you just look at the demography in this state, it's changing. And we've got to ensure everyone who wants the opportunity uh, to acquire a higher education can. And we're going to be, look, we're, we're, we're filled. Our dorms are filled again. All right. So this is one year past COVID and we're filled and we're about ready to open up another 400 or some beds, you know, next year uh, at phase two. And we have every reason to believe we're going to be completely filled the day we open there, too. So we're excited. But as a enterprise, just like the restaurant business, the casino businesses and the like, we want the whole enterprise to be healthy, not just Stockton, because it does. You know, we are part of the same, uh, you know, group of colleagues They're my colleagues, some of these the, the, the presidents and things like that. And it's hard for me to see them going through struggles. Yeah, it, it, I, I hear you loud and clear on that. Dr. Harvey Kesselman. Stockton University president uh, until the uh, top of the hour, our guest from the Atlantic City Meet AC, Atlantic City Air Show, Thunder Over the Boardwalk. We have a lot of great interviews. Stay with us. If you haven't downloaded the app, we're going to be putting up photos. We're going to be putting up content. So download the app. And of course, you can listen live uh, as well, live from the air show. We'll have all the action. Our pregame show will take us right until the moment that the Golden Knights and Howdy McCann Jr. take over the broadcast so you'll miss none of the action if you stay close right here to WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Having the Galloway campus, having the expanding, now ever-expanding Atlantic City campus, what's the philosophy in Atlantic City relative to you've got the mainland presence and you've got the Down Beach presence? How does it all work? We are- one of the things we've tried to do is make the experience for our students seamless. So we have students who live in Atlantic City take their courses in Galloway. We have students in Galloway who take their courses in Atlantic City. One of the things we've tried to do here, and we're continuing to do, we did it Galloway, we've begun to do it here, and you and I have talked about this before, but it's really important to understand. We're going to continue to grow horizontally. Every piece of land that we feel, and one of the things we did, we assured people when we built phase one that we would not displace people. We would try to find vacant property and build on those properties. 
cities. I see us growing here. One of the things I've said all along, I'd love to have a law school in Atlantic City as part of our campus. Down the road, I mean, we have hospitals. People forget that Atlantic Care and the Back Rock Rehabilitation Center are on. <laughs> They're on Stockton's campus. We have a possibility to have a law school, a med school. I'm talking longer term. But there's no reason why we can't be the premier university uh, in this state, quite frankly. If, if we ever had the resources of a Rutgers, we'd show you how to be the premier public institution in the United States. And, and I'm not saying that as a shout at that, but, but we're doing it on, you know, we're, we're very flexible, we're nimble. We've always had to do it um, uh, in, in a more efficient and effective manner because we've always been being where we are and being the age we are uh, underfunded with respect to um, our peers. Uh, we've made great strides in the last seven or eight years in, in closing that gap, but we, there still needs to be more. And I, I think it's critically important the state invest in us because one of the things even from North Jersey legislators who now know about us because we, we brought them down, once they see the ROI, the return on investment, then they, they, they rally around us. And, and that's what we promise to do. Make your investment in Stockton worth its – give you a return for that investment. The easy answer is Governor Murphy and the New Jersey legislature, Senator Palestina, I think was huge on it. But Stockton, and we were able to report on this, and it was, I, I thought, a very uh, – major moment, uh, tipping point moment in Stockton University history was the record funding Absolutely. that you received. We went, we went again, the same time period from 17 million a year to 39.4 million a year. And that was with incredible bipartisan support. Okay. I've never seen I, I, the Republican contingency for this region all, all voted for the budget. That's very unusual. And I, and I can assure you Stockton being in that budget is the primary reason why they did. We are eternally grateful for for the bipartisan support. And it also shows when you work together on a project that's important to, to everyone in the state, we can get it done and people will invest. And, and, and I could not be more grateful. The governor came through uh, and, and the legislature came through. Uh, ours came through. These came through. And eyes came through for this. You do a lot of unique things that maybe some of our listeners don't even know about, Dr. Kesselman, maple syrup, <laughs> eSports. Talk about some of the unique things oh, that Stockton is excelling in. Okay, absolutely. Esports, we have the number two ranked. And the esports is the fastest growing sport in the world. That's what I'm saying. In the world. We have the number two ranked college esports program in the world. Okay, international uh, competition. We were the, we were the, you know, maple syrup. We have, we have maple syrup, you know, being produced on the Stockton campus now in larger numbers. And it's actually very, very good syrup. You tried it. <laughs> I have to say, delicious. There's no question about it. And uh, there's uh, video evidence of it uh, that's on the website. And we're giving it out left and right now and, and, and to legislate. And, and so that's unique. And, and just all the programs, I mean, what we're doing in coastal resiliency, what we're doing in machine, you know, oceanography, the Coastal Research Center. There's so many things in Stockton. What we've done for Veterans Affairs, we're, we're a best, you know, a, a best for vets college or university year after year after year. Um, community engagement, we want a national, the national award, award in community engagement, in sustainability, and all the hot button issues in, in, in colleges and universities, we're standing out. And sometimes we don't, probably don't brag about it enough, but uh, we're no longer the best kept secret though in New Jersey, I can assure you of that. We're down to two minutes, so I know you never make it about you. It's always about the school. It's always about students. I often remark 
I'm amazed at how many uh, educational delivery systems never say the word student or child. It's amazing. But in the two minutes that we have, uh, tell us what you would like to accomplish in this, your final year. Oh, my goodness. So much. In fact, I, I told the folks, this is no lame duck president. We're going to work all the way to June 30th. Clearly phase three, uh, which is lot 21, the people who know near Hartford and that area and Albany between that large block across from Niceville's work. I'd like to have a, a concrete plan in effect, what we want to do there. No question about it. I'd also like to see if we can get something more moving up in Gardner's Basin in the inlet with the coastal resiliency. I think that's critically important for our, you know, for the blue economy, which I think is a, is a, is a real winner. I'd love, I'd love, I'm going to put a lot of pressure on my basketball team, but you know we 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 went at all final sixteen last year. I, I'd love to see a shot at winning the national championship this year. Uh, I hate to put the pressure on, so I think the athletic programs across the board, all the things that we've been doing, but most importantly, to keep the philosophy of students first. As I always said, students first. Let vision and mission follow. And if we can, if we can look a parent in the eye and said, uh, you know, I made that decision based upon your child coming to this institution, it's always going to be the right decision, Harry. Jennifer, give me a 45-second countdown starting now. Uh, in 30 seconds, Stockton in Atlantic City, how do you believe at, the, at this portion with obviously another phase coming on board and other future plans, how well do you feel Stockton fits in Atlantic City. Oh, I think extremely well. I think we're, we're I, you know, we're, we're married at the hip, so to speak. I mean, we are connected at the hip. Um, and I think that working in conjunction with all the casinos, which we have worked at the Levinson Institute and things of that nature, worked in conjunction with the casinos and everything else, I think we're an integral part of the city and, and the city's an integral part of Stockton. I want to make that very, very clear. W we have learned much Atlantic from the city. city. We appreciate their Square Media Station. Everything you need to know in six minutes starts now. From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Hurley live from the Meet AC Atlantic City Air Show, Thunder Over the Boardwalk, 19th Annual Edition. Just talking to Larry Passantrilli about this. Time flies. Hard to believe. Almost two decades of this. And get ready because as we build this morning from really quality interview to quality interview and take you right to the show announcer, Howdy McCann Jr., it's going to be a spectacular day. If you haven't, if you haven't downloaded the WPG Talk Radio 95.5 app, do it. It's a safe app, simple to do, iPhone, you know where to go. You're, if you have an Android phone, you go to the Android marketplace and download the app. 
and you'll be able to take the station uh, anywhere you go today. And then you'll have all the digital content as well. Joining us now from the American Legion post number 469, it's a uh, terrific commander. And the Hurleys and the Passantrillies go back a lifetime uh, in a lot of different ways. Uh, Larry Passantrilli joins us. Larry, welcome. Great to be here, Harry. I think this is really special uh, co-hosting. I never thought I'd be, be doing that with you, but I uh, really appreciate what uh, Senator Gormley did to set this up. It's fantastic, and we take this opportunity. We mentioned it before, if you've been with the broadcast, that Senator Gormley is presenting this interview. Uh, it's a very important interview because the great work that the American Legion does all throughout the year, many times you don't hear about it, but it makes such a material difference. But every summer in August, this incredible program that just continues to just gain energy and steam each and every year is very, very special. Tell your listeners, Larry, what you're going to be doing. Well, this, uh, this all started uh, 12 years ago uh, when we first started talking about this will be our 11th Wounded Warrior Week. And uh, 12 years ago, one of our guys came up with the idea, instead of going down to Walter Reed and visiting the guys, an uplifting experience. Uh, why don't we bring one of them here as kind of symbolic for our care for all of our troops and especially the Wounded Warriors and make it happen so that they can enjoy a week, you know, fully paid vacation at the Jersey Shore. So we started doing that in 2012. And each year we try to make it a little better, but I got to tell you, it's getting hard to make it better because you know, we've we've learned a lot as we've gone along. And the community, the local community, the whole Jersey Shore area, and especially down beach, we get the cooperation from vendor Margate and Walport, the, the city officials, uh, the police, the fire departments, and the people that just come out along the parade route when we uh, first uh, bring, bring our wounded warrior in each year. I've seen the different wounded warriors and they all seem to have this similar attribute larry and that is their their humble the, their appreciation is knows no limits and they don't expect anything and they're so grateful and what you do and your team and your organization and you raise a very good point many communities this has become something very special for the region that really come out like you mentioned, on the parade route and just celebrate and honor. And I always talk about we need to remember to remember to thank those who have served. Yes, and uh, that that's where we really encourage uh, the folks in Down Beach and anywhere in the Jersey Shore area to come out. Uh, this year, the arrival is going to be September 20th. Their week is going to be September 20th to the 27th. They'll arrive on the 20th. Uh, they'll be staying at a beach block home in, in Longport, a uh, beautiful place. But uh, you got to think that when these guys come home, they don't come home with their comrades to, you know, special homecomings, parties, uh, reunions with their families and loved ones. They come home usually in the back end of a plane, taken to Walter Reed Hospital, where they're looking forward to what uh, many many surgeries and lengthy painful rehab, and any kind of family reunion is usually done by the bedside. And you, you raise such a good point. I mean, by definition, a wounded warrior has served our country and has left part of them. It can be physical, it could be emotional, social emotional, uh, and, and otherwise. But 
that's no small matter. Yeah, so our primary mission when when they first arrived is to give them what they didn't get, a homecoming. So they cooperate with us. We coordinate just about everything else during that week. They know what their itinerary is going to be because we don't, like many other programs, just toss them the key, say, just enjoy the week at the, at the beach. That'd you, be you, you have an entire structure right. of great events and things. Yeah. And, and they know that ahead of time, and, and we tell them, hey, we really want to show you a great time, but we want you to represent all of our troops. And they're fully on board with it. Like you said, they're very humble. They don't want to pat themselves on the back. A lot of them don't like to even talk about what, what's happened to them. But they, uh, they go along with our schedule with you know meeting the people because we tell them, hey, our people make this possible to have this Wounded Warrior Week, our contributors. They personally get involved with you and show you how much they care. And the caring thing has been such a, a blessing for so many of our Wounded Warriors who admit that they came here. By the time they came here, they went through the rehab and the stuff like that, and they go out and they watch the news, and nobody talks about what's going on over there anymore. And meanwhile, their 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 buddies are getting shot and killed, and some committing suicide. And so they tend to develop an attitude: "Well, my buddies care about me, but no, the American people really aren't paying attention anymore, and it's it's just something forgotten." But by the time they leave here. They all say, we'll never say that again. What's so important about what you're talking about, Larry, and if you're just joining our program, it's 14 minutes past the hour, and this interview until the bottom of the hour is presented by Senator Bill Gormley. Thank you, Senator, for that. And our presenting sponsors are United States Congressman Jeff Andrew, Stockton University, Senator Vince Palestina, Jack Chitarelli, John Zarek, who will join us in about 15 minutes. Senator Michael Testa, Chuck Malamut of Morgan Stanley, Jim Malamut of Green Tree Mortgage, Senator Bill Gormley, who I mentioned, Ocean First Bank, Vinny D'Alessandro, president of the Eastern Region, Meet AC, we'll be hearing from their president coming up a little later in our coverage, and Joe Giralo, the Atlantic County Clerk Extraordinaire and Resorts Casino Hotel, making it possible for us to be with you. Limited interruption, no interruption, basically, from 9 o'clock on. And the air show itself, last year it started right around 11.30. It's listed at approximately 11 a.m. We'll stay live in the pregame show until the moment that the Golden Knights take to the sky and we turn it over to Howdy McCann Jr. and David Schultz air shows uh, at that point, Air Boss Greg, announcer Howdy McCann Jr. and their great team. Uh, Larry, in terms of what you were talking about, and I talk about remembering to remember, take an example, Russia uh, and Ukraine war. You couldn't escape it 24-7. It led every newscast. It was every newscast from beginning to end. Now, six months later, forgotten. Yes. And this is what our own heroes have happened. And you know what's interesting, too? I mean, World War II, my father was a World War II hero. They came home. They came home as heroes. They saved the world. We know that based on just the amount of time that has transpired, there are a lot of Vietnam-era veterans that not only did they get no welcome back home, 
they got spit on, they got protested against. They had Americans like Jane Fonda sitting on tanks uh, in 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 uh, in North Vietnamese garb. I mean, they 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 had terrible things happen. So we're saying, remember to remember, forgetting is one level of disrespect. Vietnam veterans came home and were very much disrespected by a portion, but not all, but by a portion. We'll call them the unsilent minority, but they were loud. Yes, they were. And, uh, well, most of my American Legion post now is made up, uh, at least the active members are Vietnam veterans. Uh, I'd say our average age now is approaching the, the upper 70s, yeah. close close to 80. Uh, we get very few of the, the younger guys and maybe that has something to do with it because the, the American t- attention span is like a news cycle yeah. anymore, you know? I mean, it, it, unless you have, like, some teenagers that, like, even some 17-year-olds and some that snuck into the military during World War II, we're losing World War II uh, veterans, I mean, by unbelievable numbers. And in the not-too-distant future, we won't have any that are still alive. And Vietnam right now, veterans are the ones most predominant. Yeah. Well, we do have one more World War II veteran. You might know him, Herb Stern in Longport. Of course. Great guy. Legend. Yes, he is a legend. And super, super guy. Uh, we are starting to get, uh, in fact, just during this past year, we've we've gotten uh, two or three younger, younger folks in. Uh, not that they're all that active yet, but... And it's things like that we do, like our Wounded Warrior program, that attracted them to us. Uh, and then when they get to meet the Wounded Warriors, like like this year's Wounded Warriors, a uh, really, really good guy. Uh, yeah, tell you a good story. We got this uh, uh, Staff Sergeant Trevor Brunel is coming with his wife, Kara. Kara was a nurse at Walter Reed. They met there. They got married in 2021. We didn't know until afterwards that, and we were talking with last year's Wounded Warrior, said, oh, yeah, yeah Cara Brunel is the, the wife. She was, she was my nurse. Amazing. Yeah, so, you know, another small world story, yeah. but they know each other, and, you know, it's, it's just such a tight-knit thing. Like Todd Barrios from last year has been back here three times now because he made so many friends. So, he's, you know, he'll come back. We've had two other uh, one warriors that come back occasionally just to say hello because they they meet people, they make friends here, and they get invited back. We are at 18 minutes past the hour with American Legion Post 469 Commander Larry Passantrilli. We're talking about the upcoming Wounded Warrior Week, which is iconic. It's it's long standing now. Did you say 15 years or 14 years? It's 12 years. 12 years. Uh, So a mature event. I I liked it when you said it's really almost like a can you top this kind of thing. Mm. But let's flip the script for a quick second because you're always talking about what you can do and what what it means to the Wounded Warrior and all that. What does it mean to you and your organization that you're able to do this? Well, I can tell you we – Post 469 in Longport's done things with the town of Longport for a long time since I was a kid riding on the fire engines, you know, in the Memorial Day parades. Uh, Of course, now the lawyers won't let the kids do that anymore, but we still do the Memorial Day thing in Longport. And that used to be our big event each year. 
and it's still a big event. We still love doing it. But uh, this Wounded Warrior thing, this is something we all get so pumped up for. We we look forward to it, and it's something that really bonds us all together and, and uh, as a post. And even though we're small in numbers, we're one of the smallest numbers of people, you know, membership-wise, in the state, probably in the country. But, but it shows that you can do big things, though. Oh, yes, with the right people. And we have such a great group of guys. I honestly don't think our guys mind coming to meetings. <laughs> and we don't have a bar or anything like the other places. We have to borrow uh, the community center in Longport to, to hold our meetings. But uh, we we just enjoy doing things together. So that's a big part of it. You're listening to Larry Passantrilli, the commander of the American Legion Post 469, located in Longport. Uh, they do a beautiful job. It, to me, it doesn't matter the size of of an organization, most things that we see in life, a small number of people seem to do it, even in big organizations. It seems like a, a small number of people actually do the work. Uh, what goes into this? Uh, because you don't just announce a date and it just magically happens. You gotta do the work. There's things you have to attend to, right? Well, the first thing is uh, identifying who's gonna be our next winter warrior. And of course we have to deal with the uh, services for that. And one of our members, John Strobel, is very good at coordinating with the, the right people to get the, you know, people who are, are available because it has to be a, a wounded warrior who can actually enjoy a week and get around on his own and, and do things on his own. And they have to be available you know, and interested in our program. So far, that hasn't been a problem. And then once we know we have somebody coming in, then we have to find a place for them to stay. And the people in Longport, uh, September is the month we pick because a lot of them go back to their Philadelphia homes or where wherever they live year-round. And we haven't had any problem getting a beautiful beach block home each year. So that's those are the two initial stumbling blocks. Then... It's just coordinating, go, going by our checklist that we've developed over the years and asking how we might be able to do this even better. We do an interview with Larry every year. We're going to be doing it again. This is a bonus interview live from the Meet AC Atlantic City Air Show, where it is just absolutely beautiful right now. The sun is bright. It will be sunny for about half of the air show then still mostly sunny for the entire air show, be a little bit of a cloud cover uh, for, for just a bit towards the end of the show itself. But it's perfect weather. Uh, when you look at the sky right now, I mean, the visibility is going to be absolutely terrific. Uh, so whether you are coming up to the boardwalk anywhere near Show Central at Florida Avenue on the boardwalk, or you're going to be listening to the uh, action right here on the app or on 95.5 FM 50 AM, on WPG Talk Radio. Enjoy the day. It's a beautiful day, whether you can make it here or not, or enjoy it virtually. And also, we're going to be putting up content throughout the afternoon. So stay close to the app. And if you navigate on a digital device on the website, it's WPGTalkRadio.com. If you haven't downloaded the WPG Talk Radio app, do so. Free app. Easy to do. By the time you type WPGTA, it'll pop up. Just hit it either on your iPhone's uh, store or on the um, the Android Marketplace, and then you'll have it on your home screen. You'll be ready to go. You can listen, and you can uh, interact in terms of the digital 
uh, platform of WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Let me uh, give you an opportunity. I know certain things may be a secret, so I'm not going to ask you to talk about everything you can't talk about, but give people an idea what the Wounded Warrior will experience during this special week. Okay. Uh, yes. Well, Staff Sergeant Trevor Brunel, who is wounded in Afghanistan in uh, 2016, uh, he'll be flying up here with his uh, wife, Kara, arriving on September 20th. And the only thing that's secret for them that they don't know about is the motorcade parade on their arrival. And I'll put a plug in here now, and we'll talk about it on another one of your radio shows as the time gets closer. But uh, mark the date, September 20th at 530. Uh, the parade route will be from Ender Plaza down Dorset Avenue to Atlantic Avenue down to Longport. And we encourage as many people as possible to come out along that parade route, even though you'll only briefly glimpse the wounded warrior and his wife as they ride by in their uh, open convertible. But for them, the image of seeing as many people as possible along the parade route will last a lifetime. Well, that's the key. It's so true. You see them come by, but they are a part of something that's bigger than themselves. They just everywhere they go, they're seeing people that thought enough of the occasion and thought enough of the wounded warrior that they came out and showed this level of respect. It's very special, isn't it? It, it is. And then during the week, they'll be treated to uh, dinners, uh, fishing, outings, boating, kayaking, different things that we've coordinated with them. We ask them, what are you, you interested in? And they tell us, and then we fill as much of their schedule as they would like, leaving plenty of time for them to do things on their own as well. So this, this couple... Uh, they're kind of halfway, you know, fill our schedule, you know, halfway and leave us a few, couple nights to ourselves. Uh, last year. What, what I love about that is you don't have them going gangbusters where they can't breathe. They feel suffocated. Where are we going next? And then rush into the next thing, the next thing, the next thing. You have a lot of nice structured things, but you build in time where they can do what they would like to do. Right. And, and we've had some that said, Keep going, well, right? Yeah, keep it going. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll do whatever whatever you can throw at us. So either way is fine with us. Larry, I want to make sure we spend a couple of minutes giving you the opportunity to tell our listeners what the American Legion Post 469, what you're all about, what you do. Okay, well, the American Legion in general and, and the VFW, when you because uh, basically we're very similar. Uh, I like to look at it as we're the viable and visible representatives of our troops between our, we're the kind of the liaison between our troops and our local communities. And so by us being in our modified uniforms and, and uh, maintaining our status of veterans within the community, people tend to think more about the troops and whatever we can do to support our troops, we do that as well. You make it happen. Your team makes it happen. Are there any items that you need that you don't quite have buttoned down right now where the public can help? Well, for Wounded Warrior Week, uh, you know, like I've told you in the past, our contributors have been very generous, so we don't have to twist arms. But if anybody would like to contribute, uh, you can mail a check to payable to American Legion Post, 469 
Post Office Box 441, Longport, New Jersey, 08403. And that's for the contributions. But what we really ask for is participation on the day of arrival for the freight route. That's, that's our biggie that we really ask for. I love the focus, uh, and it, it's such a joy to do this interview every year, and we're going to do more of it uh, as it gets closer. We've already made that commitment to Larry, and we do it. It's the same time next year appointment. We just do it. We love to do it, and we love to help. Hurley and Morning Charity is going to make a 500-hour grant award, which we've done in the past. Thank you very much. We, we appreciate that. And we know it's going to great work. In terms of picking the different people that you do, that's not easy either, is it? We don't pick. We we talk to the services and we say this is what we do. And now the the people we deal with know we're legit. At first, it took a little convincing. Yeah, you know, like uh, they look they're skeptical. Sure, sure, they're skeptical. And it took a few years before we got the traction uh, to just say. You know, this is what we do, and they just say fine, and they they understand what we're looking for, and they come through for us. Larry, always good to see you, my friend, and looking forward to our continued coverage of this great event that you do. Thank you, Harry. It's a privilege to do this, and thanks again to Senator Gormley. Senator Gormley presented this 30-minute uh, segment with Larry Patentrilli who is the commander of the American Legion Post 469 in Longport. When we come back from the news break, we will be joined by another presenting sponsor uh, of today's coverage, John Zarek from the law offices of John Zarek. We have a lot to talk about live from the Atlantic City Air Show. Thunder over the boardwalk. Our interviews continue. Uh, stay close. We'll be back in just a little bit. Coming up after John, we have another great interview with Michael Chase, the president of the Greater Atlantic City Chamber of Commerce. We'll be right back. Don't go away. WPG Talk Radio 95.5, South Jersey's talk station. This is the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network. With South Jersey information you need to know, I'm Vin Avenue. Thousands have descended on Atlantic City for the air show today, and the weather will be perfect as dozens of planes and jets will fly over the ocean and the boardwalk. A Galloway man responsible for dealing heroin laced with fentanyl that killed a man in Tom's River has pled guilty and is looking at seven years in prison. And Pfizer says its COVID-19 vaccine is safe and effective against Omicron in children under the age of five. Get more South Jersey information right now on our app. Your forecast is next. From the Townsport, New Jersey Info and Weather Network, I'm Chief Meteorologist Dan Zarrow. Today will probably be our nicest day of the week thanks to relatively low humidity. Getting hotter tomorrow, Friday and Saturday, we could see some spotty storms as we head into the weekend. Mostly sunny and dry today, high of 88, closer to 80 at the beaches. Clear tonight, low 67. Mostly to partly sunny and 89 tomorrow, 91 on Friday with spotty thunderstorms possible too. Get weather 24-7 wherever you are. Download our free mobile app today. Your radio home for the Atlantic City Air Show. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Welcome back to the Meet AC Atlantic City Air Show Live. WPG Talk Radio 95.5 coverage. Joining us now in our remote studio is uh, a great friend. And you hear from him every week on Thursday morning in the 8 o'clock hour. And we visit as often as we can because he's, he's just great on air. 
and uh, bring so much value to the program. John Derrick, I also thank you, John, for being one of our banner-presenting sponsors today of our coverage. My pleasure, Harry. And by the way, because radio is theater of the mind, when we were in our countdown 10 seconds before airtime, John untied his perfectly tied yellow polka dot uh, bow tie with a perfect crisp white shirt, navy blue suit, just giving you the theater of what it looks like. And now, like almost like a Dean Martin type thing, as Frank Sinatra, the tie is down because you're working right now. We're working. We're working hard. Uh, thanks for the opportunity to be here today for a number of reasons. Number one, to celebrate our military. I mean, that's really that's really the basis of our existence. It's easy for us to forget that. Very easy for us to forget that. But because free is not free. That's right. But for the military, we wouldn't be here, or we wouldn't be here in this form. Yeah. You know, we wouldn't be free. We'd be told what to do by people that had their own interests at heart. You know, it would be the the Russians. It would be the the communists, it would be Hitler, it would be somebody bad, because uh, our Constitution is defended by the military. Without the military, we wouldn't be here. So it's it's really a great day, um, exuberant day for me, actually, to be here with you, uh, to think about those guys, to meet a lot of them here, all the recruiters, especially, uh, special special part of being here is to be here and see all the uh, military recruiters that are here who have served. And, John, that's the point. For those that just, and we want you to, to sit back and listen, or if you come out to Show Central or anywhere along the route, because the show can be viewed from the tip of Brigantine all the way through up and down the coast, even beyond uh, uh, Longport into Ocean City, and everyone sees and hears. And, of course, if you stay close on the WPG Talk Radio 95.5 app, You'll catch all the action live all day. Our pregame show is going to go until the moment that the air show begins with the Golden Knights coming down from the sky with colored smoke coming out of the heel of their shoe, the American flag, enormous, gigantic American flag, and they come down and hit X marks the spot locations all along Show Central on the beach right out front. The whole point of the air show beyond just the spectacle and, John, everybody getting to enjoy the sights and the sounds, because not just the sights, when you hear this apparatus, the sound is, I mean, it, you, it reverberates in your body. I mean, when the Golden Knights, for example, take over the show, it is going to be amazing. But you touched on something that's so important. Air shows around the country, this happens to be the largest midweek air show in America, Air shows around the country are produced and performed as a recruitment tool because, as John knows, but we want all of our listeners to rem remember to remember, we're an all-volunteer military. Other places around the world, they make you. Here, you serve because you have signed up and you have volunteered to serve. This is a big recruitment day for the military. It is, and it should be. Uh, it's very important for us to realize that we're under the protection of the U.S. military. Now, I can assure you that in my entire life, uh, despite the fact that I was in the military, that my father's World War II um, combat vet, disabled vet, three years in the Naval Hospital from 44 to 47 uh, from action off of Saipan, um, 
my father-in-law was an Omaha Beach machine gunner, landed on D-Day, fought three weeks, decorated, uh, wounded, year in the hospital, Staunton Army Hospital in Virginia, um, and lots and lots of friends have been uh, in the military. John, let me ask you a question about that, because both you and I have a similar uh, circumstance. Both our fathers, and I'm going to say World War II heroes, you and I didn't serve. We never, well, you, you. No, I didn't. Yeah. I was in. Yeah, you did. Yeah, I was in the army. Yeah, you did. But you never go never so far, right, to, 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 you, to think if you go too far that you're taking someone's honor. But I didn't serve, and I'm always very, very open and honest about that. I did do what I was supposed to do, selective service. I went and yes. did what I needed to do uh, when I turned 18, but I didn't serve. But our parents did, and they served in the war that actually saved the world. Even though I didn't serve, and you served to the, the degree that you did, what they did definitely impacted us, is the point I'm trying to make. Yeah, it really, it really does. Um... I, I think I think everybody that wears a uniform is subject to going, you know, at any time. So uh, it's it's I think it's important to have a lot of people in the society uh, admire the military, uh, value the military and honor the people that were in the military. And that's really what one of the things that's going on here. And with regard to the protection of the United States military, we have it, but we don't feel it. Yeah. So we, which makes it extra special. It's there. It is the most powerful on the planet, but it is wielded so judiciously and like many different nations that operate under a different philosophy of governance, our military is never turned on the American people. Right. And we have uh, so I had an experience recently where I did learn what the protection of the U.S. military felt like. Um, I was volunteering with my brother Mark over on the Polish-Ukraine border. And um, we're helping refugees who are coming across by the hundreds, thousands, really devastated, um, suffering from PTSD, just terribly traumatized, primarily women and children and older people over 65. There's up to 65. You have to be in the military. So everyone who gets there at first um, is a little bit nervous. I mean, you're at least wary you, you have to be thinking, well, the Russians are over there. Um, they'd be crazy to attack or shell or anything like that. But Putin is crazy. Yeah. So um, what if that happened? You know, and everyone's thinking, would I go into a basement? Would I go into a car? Would I run? Would I what? You know, you, you have to be aware of the dangers there. Then you run into, as I did, you run into the 82nd Airborne, members of the 82nd Airborne, who are there um, in force, totally weaponized, would evaporate the Russian army if they had a confrontation with them. I mean, they've got stuff the Russians haven't dreamed about. And once you get that idea that they're there, you find, you find out wherever they are, the Russians won't be. Wherever they are, you don't have to worry. I mean, and you, everyone cranks down about 50% because you don't have to, as long as they're there with their stuff, they're ready to go. And I, I, I said, and everyone says the same thing to them. There were two lieutenants and a uh, sergeant that I was talking to. Actually, sergeant was a female, 
two lieutenants and I said, guys, you know, really grateful you're here because once you realize you're safe, it's nice. It's a nice feeling, you know, and I never felt that before. Most of us don't feel that because we're not in a dangerous zone where the military shows up and we don't have to worry anymore. Um, and uh, the one lieutenant who was in charge folded his arms, kind of racked, rocked back. And they know how badass they are, if I can say that. You did. Um, they, they, they know how lethal they are. And he kind of rocked, rocked back and smiled and said, uh, anything you need, sir. You know, just let us get an opportunity to help. John, it's a great story. And you, you experienced something that is such a different spectrum of observation than we would ever think about here at home. But it makes me think of this follow-up question for you. And you're listening to John Zarek and the law offices of John Zarek are presenting this portion of our live meet at AC Atlantic City Air Show, Thunder Over the Boardwalk, 19th annual installment, hard to believe, live WPG Talk Radio 95.5 coverage. If you haven't downloaded the app, download it. You'll have all the content both on air and digital that will be happening throughout today. John, in terms of um, what typically happens, happened with Afghanistan, and you and I talked about it. It's in the news. It's in the news. It's front and center. You can't get, you can't escape it. it leads every newscast. It's gavel gavel. And then now we're at six months of Russia Ukraine war. Almost nothing about it anymore. Isn't that doesn't that make it a very dangerous time in this war? It is. You have to look for it to, to find it. There's a lot being written and a lot being reported, but it's 22nd page. Uh, it's no longer above the fold on the front page. Um, there are some good articles in different magazines. Surprisingly, uh, the New Yorker has great writing. Uh, they have people on the ground from time to time. Maybe every other issue, every third issue, there's a good article about um, what's going on there. But it's it's but the war is going on and we're supporting uh uh my brother and i and and others are supporting a group of um uh, young people who have been volunteering and driving uh all over ukraine from the beginning to deliver food and primarily medical supplies and um those those kids won't quit they've made 60, 80, 100, 120 trips. John, are they the difference right now in terms of people? Otherwise, they would be hungry right now and lacking certain basics. They'd starve. They'd starve. And in many cases, they wouldn't have medical equipment. Uh, it's, it's, almost, it's almost to the point where tourniquets, uh, because there's so much shelling, there's so much battlefield uh, trauma, um, and civilian trauma that the Russians really can't get anything going on the battlefield. They can't advance on the ground. They, they really get slaughtered by the Ukrainians who are very, very, very brave and very enterprising and very smart. Um, they can't get anything going on the ground. So what they do is they just pick a city 15, 20 miles away and they just pound away and destroy it and uh, kill and injure lots of civilians. The, the casualties are way far above anything that you, any estimate you hear. I mean, people are getting killed all the time to the point where tourniquets are like currency wow. now. So um, saving lives. Yeah. Some of the 
people we know were crossing the border. They had a lot of tourniquets that were being delivered. They were going to deliver to uh, people who were in combat areas. And um, they their paperwork wasn't exactly right. It never is, right? So they um, actually made a gift of uh, three or four tourniquets to the to the people who were in charge and all of a sudden the paperwork was straightened out. So, so that's, it's that desperate. Like people know that they can save lives with that, their own life in many cases. We are 10 minutes before the top of the hour. Joining us right after the top of the hour news break will be Michael Chait. Michael Chait. Uh, wow. What a, what a guy. Uh, he is the president of the Greater Atlantic State Chamber of Commerce and will regale about what's going to be happening a few hours from now live here from our WPG Talk Radio 95.5 remote studio. We're joining uh, this half hour with John Zarek of the law offices of John Zarek presenting this half hour of our coverage. I think about all the different there's civilian performers that will be here today, mostly military performers, but a real nice mix everything from the Golden Knights to the Thunderbirds to all kinds of demonstrations and things. It's a very special day. It is. It's, it's, it's fantastic. And it shows, it shows the product of the American society and it shows the product of the American constitution and the greatness of America. That's right. We should defend it. It said everyone takes an oath to defend the constitution, to not allow the constitution to be mangled, changed, abused, uh, used for political purposes strictly to keep this great experiment going. And it, By the way, it's not the military, but we do have a little bit of that going on at the moment, it seems. No, we do. We do. And and if, and if the military is uh, sworn to defend the Constitution, and so is every elected official sworn to defend the Constitution. And when they do defend the Constitution, the product is what you'll see today. Uh, power that can protect us to the point of complacency sometimes, and we have to be careful about that, but power that can protect us, and we can project power overseas to do things like protect southern Poland with the 82nd Airborne. That takes money, and that takes prosperity, and that's what we're celebrating also today. What do you think when you see the Golden Knights coming down from the sky or in perfect formation, the Thunderbirds. I mean, I don't know how they even, I mean, I know it's their training. I know it's their greatness. They're so close and they're at such amazing rates of speed. What do you, do you feel that sense of pride of being an American, how lucky we are that somehow we could be anywhere in the world in famine. We could not exist if God didn't bless us with birth. What do you think? When you see, I'll call it the might of the American military and the apparatus. Yeah, sense of awe when I see it. I think it's it's the greatest in the world, and not it, they don't just exist in a vacuum. They're here to protect us, and they're doing the job. They're doing the job. They're keeping us safe and protected, so we can work hard, so we can help others, so we can be productive, and we can be a force for good in the world. And that's our that's our commitment to be a force for good in our family, in our neighborhoods, in our country, and in the world. That's why we're here. What was it about Russia, Ukraine, that you and your brother uh, just felt such a need, not, not only to help financially, but your brother and, and you spent time there. Your brother significant time, didn't he? Yes. 
and you quite a bit of time. Yeah, the 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 reason we're helping and continuing to help is because it's it's as clear a good guy bad guy situation as you can find. The Ukrainian people are just the very best. They're honest. They're hardworking. Very religious in general. And they don't want to be Russians. They don't want to be Russians. They like being independent. They like calling their own shots. They've thrown out oppressors already. You know, Russia's been trying to um, overpower them for a long time. Um, Yanukovych was a a pro-Russian military, uh, pro-Russian premier president. They threw him out, yeah. and and they have a, a Western-oriented government and a Western-oriented people. It's all they all they care about. Because we don't hear much anymore, and I don't say that with any uh, pleasure. It, it saddens me because it went from nonstop to you really don't hear much about it at all. Who's winning right now? The Ukrainians are winning. Uh, How do you measure success? Well, because the, 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 the Russians can't get anything going on the ground. They can't, uh, they can't advance whenever they try to advance into new territory. The Ukrainians, unless it's totally destroyed, a wasteland, perhaps they can they can go advance into that territory. But any kind of common military maneuver, the Ukrainians actually slaughter them, and um, to the point where you you have to feel badly for the Russian kids that are getting killed. They don't even know why they're there. I know one friend was near Kharkiv recently, um, talking to a. a Ukrainian commander, and he asked, "Where are the Russians? Are there are there any Russians close by?" Of course, there was a barrage, a major battle going on three or five miles away. But he asked, "Where where are there any Russians here on this side of Kharkiv?" He said, uh, "The commander said, um, yeah, they're right over pointed across the road." He said, "Right over across the road in that woods." And he said, "Well, aren't you guys fighting?" He said, "No." They're just a bunch of kids. They don't want to fight. They don't want to get killed. They don't want to kill anybody. They're hiding. You know, uh, we don't, you know, we're fine with them. They're they're not doing anything wrong. We talk to them and so forth. They, uh, they, they have all the they have all the fight in, in, in the world. It's impressive. You see Zelensky, you see the, the Klitschko brothers. And I mean, there's no quit in them at all without the American support, though. They're they can't do it without the American support, right. which has just been um, reinvigorated again. Without the American support, without support of NATO countries, they couldn't make it. They need the they need the means to fight. But they've had a really, um, you know, they, they've they've killed a lot of Russians, and there are a lot of Americans in fighting also and training in the Ukraine, um, also very effective against the Russians. So they, what's going on now, what you're going to see is the Russians have been able to lay back 15, 20 miles, just pound away with rockets and artillery. Now that the longer range stuff is coming online from the United States and others, uh, when the Russians fire 15 miles away, Within a minute, they're going to have a shell on their head. It, 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 and that's John, it, this is a really good point. It is accurate. Russia's only got a long game. Anything that's close contact, Ukraine is beating Russia, aren't they? Oh, so much. So much. It's not even, it's, it's, it's more slaughter than a battle. You know, they just advance and kill 
the people that uh, knock out their tanks, knock out their vehicles, kill the kill the infantrymen. They're just wiping them up. And because the, the Russians don't want to fight, they're like those kids who are hiding in the woods. They don't want to fight. They're, they don't want to get killed. They don't want to kill other people. They don't even, they're, they're drafted. They don't even know why they're there. And when you have people that are highly motivated, highly skilled, and the Ukrainians are, everybody's trained from, you know, the, the Battle of Kiev, there's a suburb called Bovary, and there are 100,000 people there. Everyone who could hold a weapon had a weapon in the Battle of Kiev. Bovary is a, is a, a suburb, and they killed the Russians left and right. Wow. John, quick reset. We're down to two minutes. Uh, it's flown by. And I want to get this in because from the very beginning, you were on air with me. You were very clear when the early word was, hey, Zelensky, just make a deal uh, in, in 24 to 48 hours. This is going to be over. You said it's not going to be over. You yeah. went through history that showed that this is not, this is long with, uh, with Ukraine. Is this going to go on for a long time? I think uh, I estimate two years that in an, in a year and a half uh, the Russians will withdraw, and then, and and then they have taken a little bit more of Ukraine at the end of the, the, day. End of the day. I don't think so. I, I think what's going on now is the Ukrainians are even attacking in the Crimea and blowing things up. They're blowing things up in so Russia you, so now. You, do you actually believe it could end with Ukraine taking back yes. some of which was annexed, where literally Putin would end with he would end with less than he started? I do. Wow. I do. In fact, he would be ousted at that point. I would believe. I suppose at some point he would be if he he could be ousted any time. Uh, there's final there's 30 final thirty seconds before the top of the hour. Widespread disaffection with him in Russia right now. So. He could be in trouble at any time. I think I think we're going to see steady progress by the Ukrainians. The Russians still, at this point, can cities and areas at will, but uh, that's soon going to end. They're going to start paying. Parts of Ukraine are physically demolished right now, though, aren't they? They are. But, it, but the people are still committed. It's still their hometown. They're still ready to leave. John, thank, John, thank you for your sponsorship. The law offices of John Zarek. Have a great day, my friend. Thank you, Harry. Such a pleasure. We'll be right back. Michael Chade is next. WPGG Atlantic City, WENJHD3 Millville, a town square media we are station. Back. Everything you need to know in six minutes starts now. From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you very much. It is six minutes past the hour. We are live from the historic boardwalk in Atlantic City, right across Caddy Corner, right across from Historic Boardwalk Hall. We're at about Florida Avenue and the boardwalk uh, on a brilliant, beautiful, sunny day, a wisp of wind. We're probably going to be at air show start time a little bit after 11 o'clock. We'll probably be at about 78 to 79 degrees Halfway, three-quarters through the show, we'll hit 82 degrees. It's going to be a beautiful day here for the 19th Annual 
Meet AC Atlantic City Air Show Thunder over the boardwalk. And it is my pleasure to welcome to our live WPG Talk Radio 95.5 studio, Michael Chait, the president of the Greater Atlantic Sea Chamber of Commerce. Uh, Michael, great to see you. Great seeing you as always. And what a beautiful day for an air show. It's amazing. And so this is it. Everything that you and all of your working partners have been efforting here it is. Obviously, the practice day yesterday. Let's start there. How did yeah. that go? Went great. Went great. Uh, we had beautiful weather. It was a little cloudy and a little bit of a forecast over the um, over the airport. But once they got here to the beach, the the pilot said it was incredible coming over uh, Atlantic City and just seeing everything clear up over the ocean. So great practice day. Beautiful day. Great weather. Ton of people in town yesterday. So we love seeing that. Uh, but today's show day. So, like you said, around, you know, 11.15, 11.30, we're getting this started. Uh, we've got a great lineup of performers. And like every any other type of event, there's always going to be some change time. And isn't the mix great, Michael? There's a mix of civilian and military performers. There's something for everyone. Absolutely. Obviously, the Golden Knights, as they get things going, uh, it, it, get, it gets so exciting. Uh, how do you feel? feel great uh we've got a ton of volunteers working setting everything up south jersey transportation's been great last night we had our welcoming reception at hard rock it couldn't have gone any better uh they did a tremendous job with that but it's you know when when the sun's out and it's a clear sky and you know you're going to have a great air show everything's great so right now is kind of our crazy hectic time where we load everybody in we start welcoming all our guests at about 10 a.m and then it's show time so this is blessed to have this kind of weather and it's fast moving it just keeps going and the music and just the i think it's like a it's like a symphony i remember speaking to uh air boss greg about it in one of the uh the interviews that we do and by the way i want to thank you i love the partnership that you and i have and we've had it together for a lot of years i love that we do those long form interviews for like seven weeks before the air show. We brought on, because of you, performers and different people involved, yourself, people involved you know, in and around the uh, Meet AC Atlantic City Air Show. And I, I just think it's, it's just a great, it sort of builds the excitement of it. I enjoy yeah. it. No, it, I'm glad you enjoyed it. It's a tremendous partnership with you. But it's great that we're able to coordinate with the performers to give more in-depth. You know, the people come to the air show, they see them fly, they get excited about, like you said, it, it's it's the building of the anticipation until you get to the Thunderbirds. But giving them the opportunity to tell their story in interviews with yeah. you, you do such a great job. It, it's wonderful. So and, much and fun. Paul Doherty and his daughter. Yes. That had, was a blast. They were great. How about he had a plane injury? In a plane issue two days ago and had to cancel. Oh. So we have uh, Chef Pitts is back. We got him secured at 9 p.m. on Saturday night. I mean, this is what you have to deal with. Absolutely. He flew up from Florida yesterday. And people know, though, this is, well, it's the largest midweek air show in America. This is the real deal. It's yeah. a great show. People want to be a part of it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, so the Doherty's must be heartbroken. Heartbroken. Because they love devastated. it. You could tell. Yeah. Two years in a row it happened to him. He's devastated. His, his energy in that interview, they were both looking so forward yeah. to today. Yeah. Yeah. It was the the, I, the phone call. He was in tears. On, on but the if call. it's it if if the equipment, if it's not safe to fly, you can't you just can't, can't do, do it. it. Can't do it. We're fortunate. Is he looking forward? Is he? Looking I already told him he's in there for next year. There you go. I already told him. I didn't want to be presumptuous. No. No, just act like I could say, is he coming yeah. next year? Uh, and, and that's kind of funny. We're talking about next year. Yeah. And today hasn't even happened. But, <laughs> but the moment today is over, you're already thinking next year. We, we started having meetings about next year about two months ago. 
So it's already in the planning process. Really, the Thunderbirds confirmed their schedule with us in December uh, two years out. Same thing with the Golden Knights. So we know we have the U.S. Air Force yeah. Thunderbirds next year. Uh, but it's it's how do we make it better? How do we expand on what we do? How do we enhance our partnerships? Can I make it easier for all the logistics people? They're the conversations we're having to happen behind I know scenes. it's the military, but explain mm-hmm. to our listeners um, – because sometimes, you know, we'll take calls, we'll take mm-hmm. emails and social media messages. People wonder, and look, I'm not going to choose. The Thunderbirds are amazing. The Blue Angels are amazing. That's like, yeah. you, you can't say which child you love more because you love your children the same. Yes, yes. So I'm not going to even go there in terms of, you know, which one I think I, I prefer because they're both amazing. But we've had the Thunderbirds more than we've had the Blue Angels. How does that work? Is that just a matter of the military schedule? That is. It is the military schedule. So we would love to have the Blues. And we talk to them and every single here. year. They have. Uh, they haven't been here in probably over a decade. Feels been here twice. Yeah. It's been a long time. Uh, they only fly weekend shows. So okay. they change their scheduling because after, I believe it's after every three air shows, they get a two-week break. And then they have three more air shows and then a break. But it's highly competitive to get the Thunderbirds and the Blue Angels. With all these destinations that want to have air shows, they are the headliner. The sight and the sound is, I mean, if you're anywhere along the route, you don't, I mean, come to Show Central if you want. But anywhere along the route, Absolutely. you feel it goes, it vibrates through your body. You hear the, the and feel the sounds. Absolutely. And the power. Sound of freedom. Yes. You know, and, and it's. And their formation. Incredible. Oh. Wait until you see the F 18 today. Can't so that wait. was the first time I've Can't seen wait. in years. That, it's so loud and it's so amazing how they fly this plane. We were, last night we were at Hard Rock for the welcoming reception. And all of the employees were telling me how the planes were flying by, how the building, they could feel it in the windows and in their chest, like you're saying. Yes. It is, it's unlike any other event I can compare this to. It's so exciting. It, it's great. It's I great. mean, I will tell you, in honor of the 19th annual Meet AC Atlantic City Air Show Thunder Over the Boardwalk, even though I saw it in the movie theater on IMAX, I bought, I didn't rent it, I bought Top Gun Maverick, and I watched <laughs> it last night before going to bed. Sort of just wanted to get pumped up, uh, and that's that ripping, fast, just incredible maneuvers and all inverted stuff and all this. It's just, uh, it's so exciting. It, that level of adrenaline with the preciseness yes. of everything they yes. have to do, I, I, there's nothing that compares to it. And they're incredible people. Yeah. When you, when you talk to them and you engage with them and you have the opportunity to see them on the boardwalk near Show Center... It's it puts it all together. It's really unbelievable. What I understand mm-hmm. is, and and I've learned this over many many years, you see their talent up in the sky, but when they're at say a meet, meet and greet event or like the event that you had last night, which I would call meet and greet, mm-hmm. their social skills, they're phenomenal. Phenomenal. Yeah, I, I can't say enough about how kind and how generous of their time they are. You know, they're on such a tight schedule with doing everything while they're here. They're, they're pre-flight meetings. They're post-flight meetings. They're uh, precision conversations. They're meeting with their, their people in other military teams, you know, getting to know them a little bit. But they find that time to talk to every single person that comes up and wants to take a photo, uh, to talk to them, to learn more about them. And it, I learned a lot last night from veterans that were thanking them. You know, for us that we're thanking them. One of my favorite, because yeah. they're all great. My time with you was outstanding. My time with Greg, Airboss Greg. Uh, and by the way, doesn't David Schultz air shows, aren't they a great partner to work Tremendous. with? Tremendous. 
incredibly you know, professional. Uh, I don't know what I would do without him. Yeah, I just I love him from David to Greg, Howdy, you know, all, all your partners. Great. One of my favorite interviews of the last seven weeks, and we did it for those who don't know. You can go back to the uh, podcast and check them out. Every Friday in the 9 o'clock hour, we presented performers, some civilian, most military, uh, guests like Michael Chait and so on. Uh, Greg from David Schultz Air Shows, the Air Boss today. One of my favorite interviews, Sergeant First Class Jesse Robbins of the Golden Knights, team leader of the Gold Demonstration Team. And the reason he was one of my favorite interviews, you see elite talent and such a humble man. And we had the most amazing conversation because one of the things that I enjoy, I enjoy watching the Golden Knights walk through, I call it the gauntlet, and people are all by them and, and children. And then they have the children ha- have them pack their shoots yeah. after their flight. Uh, and, and here was the amazing thing. And he says, call me Jesse. I said, I can't call you Jesse. <laughs> I said, you're a first, you know, you are Sergeant First Class Jesse Robbins. I, he saw me call him Jesse. It was like, I couldn't believe it. It's like, Captain Kirk, tell you, call, call me Jim. Uh, so I couldn't do it. I kept calling him Sergeant First Class. But that's how he became who he is. Yes. He was a child at an air show packing the chute yep. of a Golden Knight. Yeah. How amazing is that? Well, I, I learned about the involvement they have and why they do air shows. And, and flying for them is transportation. It's point A, point B. Yeah. But that engagement on the ground to inspire area yeah. youth, to be better, to be the best person they could be, about careers in the military. Yeah. But that that is why they do air shows. Yeah. And the opportunity to get on the ground and have these kids pack their shoots. And look, I remember the first year I did the air show here where I was directing it, my wife is walking with my kids right through uh, show center. I'm like, what are you doing? You can't go over there. I said, this is, this is all sterile area. She said, the guy from the Army's calling me over. So he's calling all these kids yeah. over. He's looking for kids. Come on over. Come in. Taking pictures with everybody. But the the look in a kid's eyes, it's it's starstruck. Yeah. Right? And so, it's amazing. So what uh, – I can't call him Jesse. Yeah. Sergeant first no. class. I was going to say Jesse. <laughs> I, can't, I said, I can't do it. I can't do it. So he's, he's telling this story, and it's quite amazing. And he shared how special Atlantic City Air Show is because of the uniqueness you know many many of the shows they do you're at airports yes i say we're so fortunate to have what we have this runway and the beach and the ocean and all of it but he told the story how they actually what a treat it is for them because they see everybody from the sky as they're coming down but they actually get to meet people everybody else is just looking at us high up in the air and flying by so the golden knights actually have an additional sensory you know uh perception and participation that few of the other performers have the opportunity to have completely agree with that yeah because they're able to walk through the crowd they walk across the boardwalk and they designate an area and they're calling people over come help us come meet us come do it is it's such a unique experience and we're so fortunate to have i mean 19 years we've had them it's hard pretty incredible it doesn't feel half that time to me feels like 10 years it doesn't feel like almost 20. quick reset yes sir uh we are at 18 minutes past the hour we have michael chait until the bottom of the hour after the bottom of the hour break and this is not by accident i wanted to go from the president of the Atlantic, the Greater Atlantic City Chamber of Commerce, Michael Chait, to the president of Meet AC, the premier sponsor of the Meet AC, now Meet AC Atlantic City Air Show. What does the partnership, because obviously you had a long-term partnership in the premier sponsorship. This was a very big deal, 
And Larry, in an interview that we did, again, these were the seven weeks of long-form interviews that we did, uh, I, I never asked because I don't, there's certain things I don't know if they're public, but he said it, so I'll repeat it. He willingly, openly said it. Uh, Meet AC, signed a three-year deal. Uh, and as somebody that has an appreciation for what that means – that gives you economic peace, if you will. You know that you've got this at least three-year partnership that I hope continues and continues because, after all, this is an event that results in, what, 50-plus million dollars in economic spend in one week's time? One day. In one day's time. One day's time. So then if you add add all the other sure. days in advance and days after, it's beyond that. Yeah, well, well beyond so, that. So that's amazing. So tell us about um, what that means having the partnership how it started i remember with 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 geico uh hearing from them in december that the the sky typers were funded by geico for years and what happened is geico uh, stopped sponsoring the sky typers after two very very unfortunate incidents so they had two unfortunate incidents they stopped their sponsorship of the sky typers the sky typers are no more and then they stopped their sponsorship of air shows. Um, that is a huge loss yeah. to find a presenting By the way, I, I have to say, the Geico Sky Typers, that was a very cool part oh, of the air great. show. It was great. That was cool. They were, and they were so good to work with, you know, on the ground and meeting with people. But it was a great, great show. So, unfortunately, you know, Geico made a decision to do that. And I, I completely respect that. So, yeah. I went back to our board. Yeah. I said, hey, the air show's at risk. And this is where we are. We need to find a title sponsor tell us that's in february usually you budget for your sponsorships in october september so larry called me the next day from meet ac and he says we want to step up and make sure we continue this air show for some time so we met we had several discussions we came to an agreement and they're the title sponsors the meet ac atlantic city air show for the next three years to give you all perspective of, of what this is harry is our air show budget with trade and complimentary rooms and media it's close to a half million dollars for the event so it's really an incredible economic stimulator. It's great positive PR for the destination. Uh, it's wonderful working with the military and civilian performers. And it's a free event on the beach. You know, we sell some corporate chalets and a thousand tickets for our flight line club. But this is a free event. Not to, you know, you don't want to get into the yeah. business of, of, of grading like what's bigger. I mean, these concerts, beach concerts and all these different things that are happening are just huge. And sure. everything that's happening summer, summer wide is very big. But this is a air show that is consistently drawn anywhere from 350,000 to a half a million people. Yes. In one day. So I'd have to say it's the signature event of the summer, isn't it? It might be the signature event of the year for the yeah. destination because it's it's five you know, five hundred thousand people, half a million people one day, and it's been going on for nineteen years. Yeah. You know, we missed two years. We missed the year of the pandemic yes. in twenty twenty, and one year they were sequestered. Yeah. So I think they're the only two years, but nineteen years in a row to do this type of economic impact. And and of that five hundred thousand people that come to the destination, hundred and fifty to hundred and seventy of them have never been here before. Yeah. So let's show them what Atlantic City has, the great hospitality, the restaurants, the dining, the entertainment, and an amazing show on the beach. Well, Atlantic City definitely showed what it had because year one, uh, Atlantic City was a fill-in with no guarantee that there would ever be a second air show. But 350,000 people came out in the first year. And then Atlantic City proved that this is this is a, a destination that the, the military must have an air show here. And this, this neat um, niche that we carved that it's midweek mm -hmm. because... 
we wouldn't want to do it on the weekend. I think one time, yeah. wasn't it on a Friday one time? It, it was. By necessity it, only. We had to move it for, for yeah. some reason. One time. Yes. But that the fact that it's midweek. Yeah. Is huge, absolutely. Uh, midweek in the summer, you would uh, look the, the concerts that we do here in Atlantic City on the weekends are tremendous. Uh, but doing something midweek in the summer to help fill those rooms and put people in restaurants and retail and bring them to the beach, it, it's it's very very unique in the industry, in the air show industry, to do something like this. But it gives us accessibility to a lot of performers that we may not normally get. As you know, Larry Sieg is going to join us right after the bottom of the hour break. We've got about six, seven minutes, Michael, in our time together. And you're listening to Michael Chait, who is the president of the Greater Atlantic City Chamber of Commerce. It's our live WPG Talk Radio 95.5 Meet AC Atlantic City Air Show pregame show, which is going to go until the moment. We've got still about nine or ten great interviews coming your way without interruption, one after the other, senators and all kinds of great guests that are going to be joining us. Uh, and then when the uh, Golden Knights are in flight, we will turn it over to Howdy McCann Jr., who I think is the best air show announcer in America. Uh, he's just fantastic. And don't miss any of it. If you haven't downloaded the WPG Talk Radio 95.5 app, do it now. Have it on your home screen, and you'll have both the audio and the digital content of Town Square Media's WPG Talk Radio 95.5, and a lot of you are doing that, and you're really going to enjoy it. Uh, Michael, in terms of what goes in to making this happen, <laughs> give our listeners an idea of it, because it, everybody, it's just our job to show up and have a great day, and you know you have to worry about all the the particulars with all your partners and things. What goes into making this happen? Uh, it, it's it's difficult to describe. You know, I've been involved with events for over twenty years, and I've never done anything as complex, complicated as this. But also with as much collaboration and support as this event as well. Um, we start discussing in December who are the performers that are coming, what are their needs, how many hotel rooms they need, how many rental cars. But I'll, I'll just throw a couple numbers out. Uh, we rent 55 rental cars uh, from Avis for this event for all the performers that come in. There are hundreds of rooms for the 210-plus performers that hey, come by, in. By the way, yeah. a rental car and anybody that's out there listening, that you should just be able to, to set it up and it would, you'd get to your airport and it would be there. You go to airports now and your car's not there. They've no. already rented it to somebody else because they could get more. It's everything is also harder than it used to be without without I just want to slip that in there. You know, you it, it is large scale events like this become more and more difficult. Remind everybody, did you say 55,000? What was the number you said? 55 rental cars. 55, okay. 55 rental cars. We have uh, over 210 performers. That's their technicians, their yes. military teams, everybody that comes in. Uh, it's hundreds of, of hotel rooms from our partners. We have people staying at five different properties in town. Um, you know, you have 12 different chalets, you have 54 vendors on the boardwalk, you have a thousand tickets for the flight line club and each one of these chalets on the beach by our corporate sponsors, each one is like a private party. So you're managing all of that, all of their catering needs, all of the, uh, city permitting you have to get processed. Uh, the vehicle crossing, SJTA has 50 plus vehicles that we use to load in. The, this event doesn't happen without the support of South Jersey Transportation Authority, the city, the 177th, the FAA. Uh, you know, full throttle team came in Sunday, had a last minute change because the weather was looking bad on Monday. Yeah. Well, they were able to accommodate 11 planes landing at the FAA Sunday night. 
that doesn't just happen. You know, you, you have to have people that are committed and dedicated to making sure this event works. And we have tremendous partners. But my point of contact list between the vendors and everything right. is, is about 217. I do want to congratulate you because you even controlled the weather. This is <laughs> this, as you know, when you do outdoor events, it's one yeah. of the things that you sweat the most yep. because you have absolutely no control over it. Zero. Zero control. And I know 10, 12 days out, it looked like rain mm -hmm. on the practice day and rain 50% or so chance on the day itself. But as it got closer, it kept getting better yeah. and better. I would say, uh, and, and it can't change now because this weather is baked in now, this probably will turn out to be one of the most beautiful weather days Absolutely. of the history of this event. No, no question about it. I think, uh, you know, it's funny. I, I woke up this morning. I got down here around 630 in the morning. My brother's a commercial fisherman, is a fireman in, in Brigantine, so he's, he's my weather guy. So as soon as I th wake up, there's a text message from him. He said, impossible that you got this good a weather on the air show days. This is no humidity, slight breeze, and no cloud cover. Correct. He said, this is incredible. This is going to be an amazing, amazing day. And that's some of the things people want And remember, we were coming off of yeah. excessive heat. Yes. Because that would make for a very rough day. It's very, very hard. Here, it's going to be about 78, 79 degrees when the air show starts. It's never going to be hotter than 82. Yep. That'll be towards the end of the day. So for most of the day, it'll be around 79, 80 degrees. You can't can't. You can't order that. No, no. We could try. So congratulations. Well, thank you very much, Harry. You even got that going. But we, we tell everybody, stay hydrated. Use your sunscreen. Yeah. Get cover. You know, that is so, so important. Uh, to make sure. It's still a long day on the beach. The show's going to be about four hours long. But we have amazing, amazing weather. And, very and, lucky. and when all else fails... You call Larry Sieg. Absolutely. That's the first person I call. Larry, you got to help me with something. That's going to yes. work things out. Yes. Stress level comes down. Yeah. It's just just a good thing to do. <laughs> it's it's like one of those things. You crack the glass, you know, in case of an emergency. Sieg is in the in the glass. He's in the glass. He's going to join us in just a couple of minutes. And we're at the break. Uh, quick closing comment, 30 seconds. Now, this is one fantastic partnership with us this year. Wonderful, wonderful you know, time. Really, really greatly appreciate it. All honor. the work with Town Square. Honor. And you guys, it's, it's a lot of fun. Uh, just wear your sunscreen. Stay hydrated. Enjoy the show. Where do you see this F-18? I couldn't believe it. The Thunderbirds are fantastic. The Golden Knights, the Civilian Force. Full throttle is the first time they've been here. Can't you know, so they're going to have 11 planes flying overhead. But listen, everybody have a wonderful, wonderful time in Atlantic City. Enjoy the air show. We're thrilled to have Meet AC as our title sponsor. But thank, thank you, you Michael so much. J. You are welcome. Larry Sieg is next. Always a pleasure. We get get our WPG Talk Radio 95.5, South Jersey's talk station. This is the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network. With South Jersey information you need to know, I'm Vin Avenue. Thousands have descended on Atlantic City for the air show today, and the weather will be perfect as dozens of planes and jets will fly over the ocean and the boardwalk. A Galloway man responsible for dealing heroin laced with fentanyl that killed a man in Tom's River has pled guilty and is looking at seven years in prison. And Pfizer says its COVID-19 vaccine is safe and effective against Omicron in children under the age of five. Get more South Jersey information right now on our app. Your forecast is next. 
From the Townsquare, New Jersey Info and Weather Network, I'm Chief Meteorologist Dan Zarrow. Two days of rain-free weather. If you like it hot, you'll like this forecast a lot. Mostly sunny skies and dry weather today, paired with low humidity. High temperature 88 will be closer to 80 at the beaches. Clear tonight, low 67. Mostly to partly sunny and hot tomorrow, high at 89. Again, cooler along the oceanfront. Could be a few spotty thunderstorms around Friday. Get weather 24-7 wherever you are. Download our free mobile app today. Your radio home for the Atlantic City Air Show. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Back. <clears throat> and we are back. It is 36 minutes past the hour. Welcome back to our live WPG Talk Radio 95.5 coverage. It's our pregame show, and we have a number of long-form interviews with a lot of the newsmakers and shapers of the region and also of the Meet AC Atlantic City Air Show, and none uh, more important when I say those words than the president and the chief executive officer of Meet AC, my longtime good friend, Larry Sieg. Mr. President, welcome. Good morning. Thank you, Harry. Well, well, well. So um, I'm not going to say I didn't see this coming, but forever there was a a premiere, a a banner title uh, sponsor, and Mm -hmm. now it is Meet AC. And we did do an interview a few weeks back where we talked about the genesis of Meet AC stepping up and becoming the title sponsor. Mm -hmm. Why was this important to you? Well, I, I think to to a couple of reasons. Uh, number one um, is probably the most important event that we have in this city all year long. I mean, the number of people that it generates, then, you know, just in one day, whether it's 400,000, 500,000, one could argue how many yeah. people actually come down. That's a, the, fun argument to that's have, a fun argument way. to have. That's a fun argument to have. But the most incredible part of that is that it brings 50 to $70 million in economic impact to this destination for one day. It's amazing. That's that that's like amazing and i think also um most importantly is that we continue every year to honor the men and women our military yeah that's the most important part about this day how big is it that this now over the course of 19 years Mm -hmm. is not just a one-day event you've got the practice day which we've always had but i think more and more people really are aware maybe in the early days you'd hear noise on the day before and you would think okay they're just the the planes are getting there and but now there's actually i think a heightened focus on the practice day as a bonus second air show Mm -hmm. so then you have the practice day then you have the actual air show today's ordered up perfect weather that um is just beyond belief it's one of the greatest in the history of the air show it's it's that amazing uh it's going to be perfect in terms of visibility and temperature and everything uh, but now people get here a day or two before the practice mm-hmm. day even, mm-hmm. and people are staying a day or more after. So this is not a, a midweek Wednesday, one-day situation. This is right. now, would you agree with me, it's about a five-day event? Absolutely. You know, um, it started out, of course, years ago as a one-day event. Mm-hmm. But now, I mean, we, you know, we have a lot of our local partners and businesses that are doing after-parties last night after parties tonight um there'll be there'll be parties on thursday so there's concerts at kennedy plaza so i mean absolutely it's become a multi-day um event you have a team you have presence out on the beach you have the beautiful meet ac chalet and all of that Mm -hmm. and you had people at an event last night so 
Mm-hmm. This this is something that you're maximizing. Yeah, um, it's it's really important for us to showcase the city to potential new clients that are coming in. I mean, you know, we're char- we're charged with the responsibility of bringing meetings and conventions to this uh, destination, and I think that my team does an amazing job. And we came off of a really really incredible summer with the national NAACP convention, um, the National Sports Collectors Show. I mean, those are big, big, big events for Atlantic City, and some of them are once-in-a-lifetime events. Go back to the, uh, I know it's a Meet AC air show today, yeah. but I want to talk about that Sports Collectors Show. Sure. That was absolute, over-the-top gangbusters. It was. It was. We, wow. we saw over 55,000 people come through that show. and it was Wasn't just, that one of the biggest shows? I mean, it was. It was one of the biggest shows in their history. Yeah. So, you know, what hopefully, you, what, hopefully they're they, taking a look for at us again. I was going to say, because they, they already know. I don't know why I'm thinking. Is it Detroit next year or something? Yeah. And I don't know why Chicago, I even know that. Somewhere like that. Yeah. And they, but they go to major cities, mm-hmm. but they do circle back to Atlantic City. They do. They do. I think uh, hopefully they're looking to uh, they're they're scheduled, I believe, through 28. So they're looking at us at 29, I think. So it's a yeah. hu- huge event for the city, huge event, huge event for the city, without a doubt. Yeah. Here's something your team learned and other people that are involved with some of the performers. Uh, they are amazing people. Now, we know that you have to be brilliant to operate the equipment that they operate because it's just it's it, the skill set is is off the charts. Mm-hmm. But I understand that their social skills in terms of meeting with clients and just being so incredibly engaging and friendly. And I got to know uh, Sergeant First Class Jesse Robbins. Mm-hmm. This guy, he's the team leader of the Golden Knights gold team. Yeah. Prince among men. He started out as a child at an air show packing the chute after the Golden Knights landed. And now he's the team leader of one of the teams. Pretty You've incredible. got the gold and the black team. I, I agree, yeah. Larry. It's, it's, an incredible, it's an incredible story. But they're, in, they're, they're wonderfully engaging people. They are. Um, last night I had the, the, the fortunate pleasure of being at the VIP reception at our partner Hard Rock with um, Anthony Franca and, and his team at Hard Rock who did an amazing job last night. All of the you know men and women in the service were there, and all the pilots and their families, and it was just a great opportunity to engage with them and see just what wonderful people that they are. Besides, you know what their skills are, like you said, um, in what they do in the military. They're just they're incredible people, without a doubt. You are listening to Larry Sieg. Larry is the president and the chief executive officer of Meet AC. And if you, it's a very famous name, but in case you're wondering, hey, what's Meet AC? What do they, what do they do? There are meetings and what is this? If you think about the visitors, uh, and convention bureaus in major destination markets around the country, I don't want to like create a new name for you, but that's basically, that's who and what you are. And at some point, I know you and I, uh, more than a year ago, we had an interview. Is Meet AC something that is maybe going to change? Uh, yes. It possibly could have a rebrand coming soon. Which would be exciting just because it gives you something new and exciting yeah. to talk about. I remember when we did the interviews when, and you, you I know a lot goes into that yeah. because you want to pick something that's relatable. We were talking earlier uh, in our first interview with Dr. Kesselman in the 6 o'clock hour how Atlantic City, if you go anywhere around the country, even outside the country, if you say you live in Egg Harbor Township, mm-hmm. it's like, well, you know, no offense. I mean, I love it. It's my hometown for half my life, right. Ventnor for the other half of my life. But when I go away, uh, I, I say I'm from Atlantic, Atlantic City. City yeah. And I was born in Atlantic City, and I went to school in Atlantic City, and I graduated mm-hmm. from Atlantic City High School. So I'm not a fraud, but I, right. I also would say it 
because everybody knows what that means. Well, they do. And uh, to tell you that's the truth, earned. And I think everyone, no matter who they are, has a story to tell about Atlantic City, whether it's their grandparents, whether it's their parents. Someone came to Atlantic City. They got, either got married in Atlantic City, honeymooned in Atlantic I mean, because, I mean, we've always been known as a, a party town. So, yeah. Without a doubt. Uh, and that takes a long time to earn that reputation. It does. Atlantic, do you agree Atlantic City right now? And everybody will talk. I mean, there are things that have to be done. The town needs to be cleaner, and there are some issues. But in terms of how Atlantic City shows, mm -hmm. when you bring these event planners, these meeting planners in, Atlantic City does show very well. Absolutely. That's the one thing that I'll say um, about my team and when we do bring uh, potential new clients into the city. You know, there's a lot of perceptions out there about our destination, and they're not all positive. You know, but when we get them here and we showcase the destination and we show them all the dining, shopping, entertainment, nightlife, everything that Atlantic City has to offer, their mind has changed immediately. They're like, we need to come here. How does Atlantic City, I know that you go to these places around the country, you'll go to Orlando, Florida, and you'll put pitch your, your package to some bid that might be going on. How does Atlantic City s size up to the competition? Well, you know, I, I mean, we size up well to it. I mean, you know, first of all, we're still the only gaming destination on a beautiful beach and ocean. I it's mean, true. we're we're very fortunate there, and we're so lucky to have great casino partners, um, which is something that I haven't mentioned yet today. But we're we're very very fortunate for our casino partners. So we measure up against any destination. I mean, we you know we have our competitive destinations and competitive set. There are some destinations that are so that much much larger. You know. I know in 2012 we had 17,000 rooms. That's very familiar with me for a reason. Mm -hmm. And I was in the business, as you know. Then we had contractions, so we lost four properties. I'm guessing that are we a, a town now of about 15,000 rooms, something close to that? I would say, yeah. I, I might even be a little bit closer to 17. Now, well, that, again, that's, good, that's good to hear. You know, uh, With four properties closing. Some, right. It's pretty and, amazing. And, and products came back online. Additional products that, you know, properties that weren't. Yep. That weren't ready. Yep. Uh, and and non-gaming. Yeah. You know, uh, so the reason I'm bringing that up is just not to throw a number out. How does the amount of rooms that you have work in terms of bringing the kind of business that you want to bring in? Well, I you mean. You know what I mean by that? Because I, I somebody might say, oh, my gosh, I want to come to Atlantic City, but I need more rooms. I do. And sometimes it can be challenging, you know, especially for us to go uh, after really large national association conventions. I mean, sometimes it's, it's a little difficult. Some, you know, some are requiring 30, 40,000 rooms, and it's just not something that we do. So what we need to do is we need to stay within um, in the area that we can provide quality and good service to the client. We're visiting with Larry Sieg, Meet AC's president and chief executive officer. They are the premier, the title sponsor of the Meet AC Atlantic City Air Show Thunder over the boardwalk. This is still a, a, a tip of the cap, a salute to those who have served. Amazing things will be happening today, including the enlistment ceremony, which will be taking place typically only about 50 or 100 feet away from show central. Mm -hmm. So very, very exciting. And that's a big part of today. And, of course, all the apparatus, both civilian and military that will be participating today, making it the most successful, the biggest midweek air show in America. Joining us right after the top of the hour break will be Senator Michael Testa. He is here. After Senator Testa will be Atlanta County Clerk Joe Girallo, both uh, Prince Among Men. And looking forward to the content that we're going to share with you. And a reminder, download the WPG Talk Radio 95.5 app. If you haven't done so, you'll have all the digital and the um, audio content of today's activities. You won't have to miss anything 
by staying close right on the app. And you know how to do it. Just download it at the Android Marketplace or at the iTunes uh, with your Apple, uh, the Apple Store. Larry, in terms of um, going forward, I was very excited, and I didn't know until you said it in a long-form interview that we did a few weeks back. You didn't just come in, oh, gosh, you know, Borgata's left. All right, we'll help you out. You made a three-year commitment here. I did. I did. Um, when I found out that um, I'm on the board of directors for the Chamber of Commerce, and I found out in a board meeting when Michael told us that Geico wasn't able to to do the title sponsorship anymore, I sort of got off off that meeting. It was a Zoom meeting, and I got off there, and I'm, I'm you know looking and thinking, okay, we need to do this. We we need to step up. We need to make sure that this event happens. So I talked to my CFO and talked to you know a couple of my staff, and I said, look. We got to make it work. Let's find the money. It's not about the money. It's about the city. It's about the destination. And it's about this event. And by the way, when you make a, an investment in something, sometimes it's based on your, you know, your experience, mm-hmm. uh, not not winging a prayer because you're 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 better than that. But you don't know necessarily until you get some experience under your belt. This is proven to be incredibly successful. Yeah. And I mean, along with the air show, you know, all of our other events, the one thing that I can tell you, um, we have found uh, through formulas that have been put together through international companies and things like that, for every dollar that Meet AC spends to try to bring a visitor to Atlantic City, we get f- almost $42 back. That's a huge number. It's remarkable. Yeah. If you if you ask a regular person that, they would not pick anything like that. No. That that not at all. If the country could run like that, we'd be really yeah. we'd be very happy. There'd be no recession at the moment. So forty two to one. Yeah. In your favor. That that's that's what you call a good investment. Give people an idea because I'm always blown away by this. Mm-hmm. You have events that are booked out. I mean, it's it's almost ridiculous when i hear some of these numbers right what is the furthest out date mm-hmm. that someone has agreed that they're coming to atlantic city october of 2032 <laughs> we like, actually and we have their deposit that's, a, that's amazing <laughs> yeah it's a, it's a huge convention too it's going to be about eight thousand people um, you know, roughly 10,000 room nights, probably $12.3 million in economic impact. It's booked for 3032. You know, it makes Atlantic City a leading indicator. And, sorry. Yes, I knew what you meant. <laughs> uh, a leading indicator. And what I mean by that is they're betting on Atlantic City. They're, they're, they're saying, hey, here's our deposit and we're coming in 10 years. Yeah. You know, plus we'll see you then. They, they're betting and they know that it's a good bet. Yeah. That Atlantic City is going to be here and it's going to be fine. Well, I think what um, a lot of people don't realize is just how far out these associations do book their conferences and how long it takes to prospect and cultivate new business. It just doesn't happen overnight. I mean, some of the, you know, some of these clients. Well, you'll go after business. We go after. Committed for, like you said, five, ten years out. Well, we will. And, you know, and sometimes it takes three and four years to get them to even look at Atlantic City. And then, but once they do, then we have them hooked. I don't. I know you, and I, I know your attention to detail. So you might even have some some solid, you know, information on this. But just generally speaking, when you bring a group in, mm-hmm. so you do a, a convention. Sure. What is the likelihood that once someone comes to Atlantic City, they would want to come back again? Retention is what I'm talking about. I would say probably around ninety. Five percent. Huge. I would say ninety-five percent. That's huge. You know, there are some that may not come back because they're they may not do the convention anymore, or they rotate around. They rotate around. Yeah. 
but um, oh yeah, I mean we have a lot of annuals, and the one thing that we're seeing more and more of now is multi-year contracts, especially on the sports side with the Atlantic City Sports Commission, which we also run. We run, you know, Meet AC, the Atlantic City Sports Commission, as well as the Atlantic City Film Commission. Do me a favor, explain mm-hmm. explain what both of them do because people hear those names and they, if you don't know what they are, it sounds like jargon. Right. The Sports Commission. Mm-hmm. They have done incredible work. They have over the last um, last couple of years. Dan Gallagher, our director, um, and um, Chrissy Mancuso, our sports sales manager, they've done an amazing job at bringing sporting events and sports meetings um, to Atlantic City. Um, you know, we were one of the only destinations during the the COVID uh, pandemic in July of 2020. You know, everything was in lockdown, and we were doing sporting events on the beach. So. AVP volleyball was on the beach in July of 2020 because we opened. I mean, you got you got things going on pickleball. I mean, there's all kinds of things. We're excited about that. Yeah, it'll be September 19th to the 24th. We're holding uh, the large, the world's largest indoor pickleball tournament, the Atlantic City Open. So it's going to be 40 some courts, CBS on CBS Sports. So it's going to be great. Do you get involved in the esports um, genre? Yes. that's huge. A little bit, yeah. Yeah, we do. There was a big um, one here Dan, at the uh, historic Boardwalk Hall, right? It was. And uh, Dan works closely with uh, Stockton because Stockton has an yeah. esports team now. Um, do you know they're like number two in, like, in the nation? In the, in the galaxy? Yeah. Uh, it's unbelievable. Yeah. In, the, in the e-gaming <laughs> yeah. world. Yeah. Which Tatooine, is a whole, which is a Star whole, Wars. whole nother world. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. So... Um, yeah, so it's great. And then, of course, the Atlantic City Film Commission, um, Heather Kalachi, she heads that up. And she actually works with producers and, and directors um, and uh, big movie companies that want to come in and film in Atlantic City. I mean, you know, Netflix has been here several times. Army of the Dead was filmed both at the uh, old Atlantic my, Club. My old stomping ground. And the showboat. Yeah. yeah. Um, that was done. And then uh, a few years ago, a couple years ago, uh, Halle Berry did her directorial debut right here at Boardwalk Hall with Bruised, where she played an MMA fighter. Yes. Yeah. I think a lot of people either don't know or forget how many movies Snake Eyes, Nicolas Cage, a yeah. uh, lot of movies. Lots made of them. In Atlantic, Atlantic City. City. Atlantic City was um, a great one. You know, so Heather does a great job of bringing bringing them together with the proper people to get you know to to, to ease permitting and and all because it because it's very daunting. I mean, you're closing down streets. We've closed down the tunnel before. That's not no. an easy. No. That's not an easy feat to no. close that tunnel down. You know, and a lot and you know when you get some, you know, some backlash about it. But at the end of the day, when the destination. Um, you know, sees the the benefits of that, and people go, see the movie and go, oh "My God, that's that's my hometown." I don't even know what time it was. Uh, th- three hours ago, almost, I yeah. asked Dr. Kesselman, the president of Stockton, what does Atlantic City mean to Stockton? Mm-hmm. What does Stockton mean to Atlantic City? Let me turn that on you. Mm-hmm. Meet AC mm-hmm. and Atlantic City. Yeah, symbiotic relationship. One without the other doesn't work. No, it doesn't. And, you know, I look for me personally, and, and I can speak probably for the lot of the rest of my team. I've been in this industry and promoting and selling Atlantic City for almost 40 years. So obviously that just goes to show that I have a passion for this, for the destination. And also Atlantic City is really important to us. I mean, it gives us the tool to go out and do what we do best. I can't say I nicknamed it, but I think I helped make it famous there was once, it still stands, there was once a TP without a PP, if you <laughs> yeah, remember. I do remember. But then they put the PP in, so then I had to stop saying that. Yeah. So I appreciate this opportunity to, to be able to say it. 
the reason you know you're smiling you know where i'm going with yeah, this I do. you are the president and the chief executive officer of meet ac mm-hmm. a multi-million dollar complex operation responsible for hundreds of millions of dollars worth of um economic spend mm-hmm. in atlantic city for decades in the past and decades in the future to come just to show people that it, it, it's not where you start it's where you finish you started, if I'm not mistaken, and I don't usually get corrected very right. often, you started at the TP mm-hmm. on the Atlantic City Expressway, correct? I actually started while it was under construction. So I, I stand corrected. You were, you were joining the TP <laughs> once it was fabricated. It was working very okay. closely with the Close. South Jersey Transportation Safe. Authority, CRDA, to uh, build the... Um, yeah. and So to, for people really listening, clarify, that, was, that clarif- was the welcome center. To clarify? Yes. It always had a PP. <laughs> then that was just bad uh, <laughs> fake news. Fake news. That was fake news before there was fake it news. It always had... Okay, two, it had How two peepees. Did, did it, did, but was that not for the public, though? Something. It was never. It was never not for the public. It just was not um, advertised. ever advertised as okay. that because it's not. A, it wasn't a rest stop. It was a welcome center, and frankly, you see your destination, you know, in your windshields. <laughs> All right, so you you had two staff restrooms that you're taking credit that were accessible okay, okay. with men's and women's restroom okay. they were accessible I, to the public so wow that's a debate that's, am- that's amazing how that story <laughs> became so famous it uh, it was brutal yeah. at the time it shows it well, i'll tell you what that's like that was like when the boardwalk was not destroyed and people like al roker were going nationally mm-hmm. saying the boardwalk in lanxie is destroyed and you would go to sell events and they would say well we wouldn't want to give you a chance to get right. catch your breath and rebuild the boardwalk During and, Sandy, and the yeah. only thing that happened was a dilapidated section that had been targeted to be taken down yeah. anyhow yeah so the boardwalk was not destroyed we never but the even country, had that roller coaster. But the country <laughs> believed that it was. Absolutely. People well, that were important. That's the power it. of media. Yeah. We can wow. talk about the power of media all day. So. Yeah, without a doubt. Yeah. What's the state of Media AC? How, how is your organization faring at the moment? It's very strong. Um, we're extremely busy. Um, looking forward to, you know, it's interesting. We're busier now than I think than we've ever been because of the lockdown and because everything had to sort of be pushed 15 months. Now we're, you know, we're having, it's a good problem to have, but trying to find space for new clients that want to come in because we had to continuous, continuously move. Dur- during annuals. COVID-19, you used garages even. We did. That you we made did. great space. We out used of. the parking garage at Ocean for uh, import sportswear show and it worked out and it, and it worked out perfect, you know, because the convention center was a field medical station at the time and then of course became a vaccination um, mega site. So now we, um, we were just at Hard Rock the other day and I was right at the area that Jennifer and I many, many years we would broadcast the Miss America Show Us Your Shoes Parade. Sure. That is incredible space out there. It is incredible oh, space. Beautiful. It's beautiful. Do space. they take full advantage of that? Oh yeah, because Abs- it's fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. They they definitely take full advantage of it. So, yeah, and look, the thirty North, seconds closing. The North comments. Beach Association is doing a great job up there with Steel Pier Resorts, Ocean Harbor. I mean, they're doing an incredible. Um, they're having fireworks, I think, next Sunday night in celebration. So, do you? I wish we had more time to develop this, but we'll do it next time. Mm-hmm. Senator Testa is minutes away. Do you agree or disagree that COVID nineteen it was horrible and obviously it took lives and it was it was terrible in many ways, but in some ways it opened up creativity. 
and events happening in ways that never happened before. And then you had to bring back a way to have events again. Well, like 10 seconds. Right. And, and what I think it did was create opportunity. Yeah. That's what I think it did. Yeah. And we and we found a whole new way of, of working. And we found a less stressful way of working, whether it be remote, hybrid, or whatever. Good to talk to you, my friend. Always. Pleasure. Larry C. Thank you. Meet AC president and CEO, Senator Michael Testa joins us next. Joe Girallo on deck after that. A lot to talk about. Stay with us. It's WPG Live from the Atlantic City Air Show. Meet AC, Atlantic City Air Show. WPGG Atlantic City, WENJHD3 Millville, a town square media station. Everything you need to know in six minutes starts now. From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. It is seven minutes past the hour, and it is, it's going to sound like cliche, but I, I, people that know me know I don't do that. Uh, it's a privilege every year to come out live with the public at Show Central, uh, which is what I've always called it, some call Show Center, and be right here for the biggest event of the year, uh, the Atlantic City Air Show. Now, the Meet AC Atlantic City Air Show thunder over the boardwalk that's only a couple hours away and we will continue to build we have great long-form interviews uh until the moment that the air show begins we've been urging you please download the wpg talk radio app because it's great to have on your phone to begin with you can listen to the station anywhere uh, on planet earth and also have access to all the digital content including today's special digital content about the atlantic city air show the the show itself should begin a little bit after 11 some years it's been 11:30 ish this year the time is being announced as approximately 11 a.m uh so i imagine we'll go a couple of minutes into the 11 o'clock hour but the moment you will miss none of the show the moment the golden knights are airborne and david schultz air shows and air boss greg announcer howdy mccann jr when they take the broadcast over you will have them uninterrupted the rest of the way and it's an, an incredible ensemble of civilian and military uh performers it is going to be a magical day here on wpg talk radio 95.5 we're upwards or near somewhere we'll get you the crowd estimate as soon as we know somewhere in the range of 400 to 600,000 i'll give you a range uh will turn out today uh and that shows you the support and how much people love this event. So stay close to us, and if you're working, enjoy it uh, on our audio uh, simulcast, if you will. You can come out to the Show Central area or anywhere along the route that the um, the aircraft will be traversing. This half hour of our live early in the morning uh, event here at the Meet AC Atlantic Sea Air Show is presented by my very good friend, Senator Michael Testa, who joins us now. Senator, welcome. Thank you so much for having me, Harry. This this means the world to me to be with you here in Atlantic City. Um, people may not remember, I was in the heart of my first campaign in 2019 when I came and sat in this very seat with you as yes. candidate, Michael yes. Testa. Yes. Uh, so this is really special to me to be back here with you, sort of in the post-COVID era. Yep. Uh, and this is wonderful to be here. And I remember 
in 2019 when we saw the Golden Knights parachuting like right before us. It was just absolutely incredible. And this show gets bigger and better every year. It's it's tremendous. I'm, I'm so happy that you just said that. Well, you are the senator from the first legislative district. I think most all listening know that you came out of the box really a man of action. Uh, you, you in the campaign days, if you will, you flipped the first. It had been a lease with an option to buy under now Congressman Jeff Andrew for the longest time. And you you took out with your team two of his long-term teammates, and you've just been getting stronger in the district. What do you attribute being able to achieve what so many people before you were unable to do? Teamwork. I have to say that, you know, myself, Assemblyman Antoine McClellan and Assemblyman Eric Simonson are like a three-legged stool. There's that symbiotic relationship that you were kind of speaking about in the hour before me, um, you know, that we really don't work if one of those legs of the stool is pulled out. Uh, And I have to say that, you know, it's just really tremendous that, you know, with Eric being the former mayor of Lower Township, Antoine being super active and from Ocean City his entire life, and myself being from Vineland in Cumberland County, which is the largest city in the legislative and the congressional district, we just had relationships with people in the community that believed in us prior to us running for office and Eric had prior governmental service and so did Antoine and I was the county chair and still am the county chair in in Cumberland County and a lot of the service organizations that I belong to such as Big Brothers and Big Sisters of Cumberland and Salem County and the Vineland Downtown Improvement District people believed in us so I think they even believed more in us uh, during the COVID-19 era as we were helping so many of our constituents navigate the Motor Vehicle Commission, and more importantly, the unemployment fiasco Uh, that we've had in the state of New Jersey. Now, it's my understanding, and I have a very dear friend who's almost like a brother to me to back this up, it's finally improving a bit. You can, for example, and I know you're representing a certain portion of, of the state, but you also touch very closely your district to Atlanta County as well with with a piece of it uh the um the DMV what they call Cardiff the section of EHT near the old Shore Mall I guess they call that like Harbor Square or something now it has some new name but they're actually offering some of the services that you would have to go drive some very inconvenient distance away and I felt that we were at a point where you couldn't use COVID-19 as an excuse for that anymore come on that had to stop finally Look, we have to actually follow the actual science, and I don't believe that the state of New Jersey was following the science for really over a year. I mean, you know, you and I had many discussions about this, and and I think I don't know that anybody quarantined better than Harry Hurley in the state of New Jersey. 806 days until it got me. And, you, you know, you didn't go out. I right? worked hard on that. And, and you worked hard from home. Yeah. You set up the studio in your home. I, I know that. You know, you did everything that you could to do your part. Well, I do want to say something that's correct, but I want people to remember. I did the show in the studio. I felt it was important to be in the studio, to have all of our technology. But when I went away to Disney World in the early days of COVID-19, which some people said, oh, don't go. I said, I'm going to live. I said, I've been compliant. I'm going to live, too. I've got to do it. Thank you, Jennifer. Uh, and I really appreciate that because I know what that is. Later today, that's going to be my new best friend. Um, that's a cold tell. I know it is. Uh, I, I uh, can tell. I'm going to load that. I'm going to get that going. You spin them, Senator, and it'll change your life. They work tremendously. And, and, you, and you actually put them. them in the Harry Hurley goodie bag yes. from your golf tournament. Thank you for remembering. Yes, because we believe in them. 
But what I did was, yes, I do have a whole studio at home. It's soundproofed and everything. And Town Square Media gave me all this beautiful equipment. So for one week, I did the show from home while I was quarantining. But I did do the show from the studio during the entire pandemic, which I was very proud of. And you should be. And, you know, I always chuckle when you're on vacation because I text you maybe not knowing you're on vacation. And you say, I'm at Disney. Next time you're here, you have to try this amazing restaurant. But I'm still working. (laughs) And I I know you're working because then I go to your website and there's an article uh, about, you know, either one of the best places to get crab cakes in Atlantic County or or one of the sundry of articles that you write about the best places in in Atlantic County or South Jersey for any of the number of goods that you really like and enjoy. You just reminded me, I want to do a really just knockout piece on pizza and I need to consult with the man that I believe has more pizza cred than anybody that I know. That would be you. Uh, Other than your genetic identical well, twin yeah Don when P. he Hurley. starts talking about the carriage and 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 stuff like that then it's i'm nerding out geeking out and it's pretty amazing he and i would he's no prob- slouch he, he and i would probably be your yeah you know your a and b consigliere maybe it's like one a and one b not even one, really one, one thing i will say though you are and you're not a politician but you're very diplomatic like i've never heard you say your absolute favorite you will have favorites based on maybe if it's a white sauce or if it's uh sicilian or if it's this you've never really come out and rated because you eat pizza at a lot of places i do Uh, and and look it's you know one of my probably three or four favorite foods and it's convenient and it just brings back so many memories i do want to know the the um the the secret to being able to eat pizza and not look like you eat pizza (laughs) It's pizza is actually a health food in my opinion. I think there's a there's a there's a mental state that, that goes along with it. There's a mental state that goes along with that. Also, is that very, the pineapple that you eat with uh, your pizza, Senator? I, is that what I, we're I talking refuse, about? Uh, listen, I may have done that once in Sweden, and the statute of limitations on me eating pineapple on pizza has completely run out. You and I are on the same page. I actually saw a post recently where someone was talking about pineapple and pizza. I'm not going to put anybody down, but. That should be made illegal. I I will tell you, I am in full agreement with you. And what's funny is my first love of pizza was Luca's and Vineland. And I tell people that. My father was their attorney. And I remember going there when I was about three years old. And their son named Mikey is a, is less than a year younger than me. And their daughter is, a, is less than a year older than me. We were all very close growing up. Um, I spent a lot of time in the Cumberland Mall eating Luca's yeah. pizza. And, and I'm ashamed to admit that my good friend Rosanna, the daughter of the godfather of Vineland Pizza, Dominic Canena, likes pineapple on pizza. And, and I and I say to her, I said, Rosanna, how, how did you do this? Like, how could you do this to your father? How could you do this to the culture? I have a real problem with pineapple on pizza. But listen, you know, the great thing is, is it's sort of like 31 flavors. Yeah. When you go to Baskin yes. Robbins, yes. there's a flavor for everybody. This just reminds me of, and I did it on purpose, and I knew what I was going to get for it. I got a whooping for it. I made this personal pizza out of, he's going to laugh, the senator knows where I'm going, out of nan bread, which kind of looks like a pizza shell, kind of, but it's a little oblong, it's not perfectly round, uh, and so I had, I had the nan, I had sauce, I had, let's see, oregano, I had basil, I had tomato slices on it, and sprinkled with Parmesan, not Parmesan, with provolone cheese, and I put up is this a pizza i got blasted and yours was polite but it was very direct uh you put harry it looks good but this is not a pizza 
You came right well, out. Yeah, call it whatever you want. It's a very nice snack, a very yeah. thoughtful snack, yes. but it ain't a pizza, right? Yeah. I mean, what would the, you call that though? I mean, you really want to know? It's yeah. sort of a pizza abomination, okay. right? I mean, yeah, I, I, I'm, yeah. I'm okay with that. <laughs> yeah, that's not. That's I will. Not, I will tell you, it was delicious. Look, I remember being a kid and having you know bagels at my house and trying to concoct a pizza with my mom's leftover. By the way, sauce n- and nothing wrong with a pizza bagel. Uh, no, and, but. I would just destroy the the toaster because I was like eleven yeah. or twelve years old, and then there's sauce and cheese all melted yeah. in the toaster. And yeah, I do it in the oven. My mom would get home and yell yeah. at me, yeah. you know, as she as she needs. Because one thing I have to give a shout out is to my mom because I, I'm sh- I know you're friends with her on Facebook. Yes, the things that she posts on Facebook, and you wonder how I stayed somewhat fit eating all the pizza, all of the treats that my mom made, her desserts, up, and still to this she, day, she could be a pastry chef at any uh, high end hotel restaurant in in the world. Easily. And and sometimes she will tell me, by the way, it's kind of funny. She'll say, you know, you're looking a little thin, Michael. I made a cake. Come on over. Have a cup of coffee. And she gives me a wedge of cake that is enough for any three men. But, of course, I never I, I never leave a crumb of it. Yeah, I'm very honored to hear you say that because I don't have anyone say, Harry, you're looking very thin. I, I just that was nice to listen to. <laughs> I, I really appreciated hearing that. Uh, but anyhow, uh, pizza in we'll call it the Tri-County area. Atlanta County, Cape May County, Cumberland County. We are blessed with phenomenal pizza. We we absolutely are. And because it's such a dense Italian-American population, the pizza has to be good. Otherwise, guess what? We as educated consumers will make sure that those businesses don't thrive, right? I mean, and, you know, you know, I, I know what your brother's, what Don P. Hurley's favorite pizza places are. He's told me, yeah. uh, you know, Brittany O'Neill's father, Jim O'Neill, when he lived here, he would tell me what the best pizza places were and would ask if I agreed. And guess what? I would go to certain places and say, you know, I agree on this yeah. account, but not on this count. I've been eating Capri pizza for 50 years, just about. If it's not 50, it's 45 plus. And I like the thinness of it. I like that he gets quality cheese. If you ever get a pizza, either delivered or you pick it up, and it has puddles of oil all on top, that's the cheese. It is the cheese. And now sometimes there are folks in in boardwalk pizza, the realm of boardwalk pizza, that have a cheddar mozzarella blend. And there will be oil on I did that with my Nan pizza once. Because there's cheddar. And, yeah. and cheddar is just a naturally oily, yeah. pe- uh, oily cheese. I don't like those must... piles of oil on the pizza. I, I just want it to be really all. nice. I'll tell you another interesting one. And I'm going to just confess, it's not one of my favorite, but it, but it is a pizza that I will eat any time and be very happy about it. And that's, I, I still say Mac and Manco. Uh, but now it's just a one name, Manco and Ma- or I don't even Manco know. And Manco and Manco. Manco. Yeah. Used to be Mac and Manco forever. Uh, they do an interesting thing. They, they have the pie shell. They actually put the cheese on first and they have the hose that they pump, I think, with the foot and they put the sauce on top of the cheese. It makes for a different pizza. Yes, it does. It's not my favorite way of doing it, but it is very interesting. It's very unique. And look, I will say this. I I happen to have just so many childhood memories from what was then Mac and Manco, then Manco and Manco. Anytime I go to Ocean City, you can guarantee that if I'm anywhere near the boardwalk, I'm I'm hitting Manco and Manco. And also, just so you know, they're very... By the way, I do like their crust. The crust on Mac and Manco is really great. I find that day after... It doesn't reconstitute as well as certain other pizzas do. If you know how to cook a pizza the next day, my daughter actually uh, is fantastic at it, my oldest daughter. Uh, you can make pizza 
return just like it was when it was first made, if you know how to do it. Is she using the frying pan method with a few drops of water? There's the frying pan version, and you can also do it in the oven, but the frying pan version is supreme. That's that's my favorite that's, way. I, that's I get the, the answer. cast iron skillet out, yeah. and then I use a few drops of water and then a lid on top to, to and, have it steam and, a little bit. And the bit. crust returns to how it was. Maybe even better, because I like be. a well-done crust. Now, but, you know, I, I did, I did over the years, I love doing these. You know, I do food, food hours, because we have to turn off... The hot politics because it's driving everybody crazy. People used to be friends aren't friends anymore because, you know, I can't stand that. I, I can disagree with someone's politics and I can still like them a lot even. But we're getting crazy as a country like that. So I do what I call mental health break hours. And you cannot bring up hot to- hot talk, hot topics or politics of any kind. So we'll do food shows. I do hours that are an absolute joy where we bring up what food is better the next day than it was the first day because there are foods that that is a fact and that's fun for, for sure yeah i mean if you want me to name one my mother's chili is better the, the next day i was gonna say chili is definitely better i think something happens the ingredients incorporate something amazing happens i'm not gonna say pizza is better the second day but if you know what you're doing it, you can make that statement you can make it that it's as good it, i don't know that it would be ever be better than it was when it was first made so the famous Pizzaiola named uh, Al Santillo out of Elizabeth will tell you that his Sicilian style pizza gets better for up to five days, and he will he will tell you that. Wow! You, you said that you like Manco and Manco. Just so if you, I like, do like it. If you like Manco and Manco, you will love Max in Wildwood. And you know, there's a big war between Sam's Pizza Palace and Max. And typically, I will say I'm, I'm more of a Sam's guy, and that's just from my lifeguarding days. Guess what, though? Max is phenomenal pizza, and it's I, I think it's from the maybe the same original family that was Mac and Manco. I'm, I'm not positive of that. Wow. But it's a very similar I, I style think it might with be. the pump. Then, of course, there was a legendary place, Duke Max, on the boardwalk here in Atlantic City forever. Okay. And that, that's that, something with, yeah. with which I'm entirely unfamiliar. Years, years ago, actually, were the, either the originator of Birch Beer. You've heard of Birch Beer. Well, pizza and Birch Beer yeah. is a boardwalk icon, yeah. right? Yeah. I and mean, that's a pairing that you have they, to get. They, they actually founded uh, some type of birch beer. Hey, Jennifer, I have a lot of uh, feedback in my headset. I just want to make sure that our settings are all good. Um, we're still we're still good on air, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's something very loud in my headset that was has not been here for the broadcast. We're live on the boardwalk in Atlantic City, so once in a while we're just going to, you know, say certain things just to let let everybody know where, where we are and where we stand. Take, take a listen. Well, no, you, you'll see what I'm saying. Oh, I hear it. Yeah, it's pretty amazing, actually. So as long as that's not going out over the air, I, I can deal with it. Um, Senator, let's talk a little bit of shop. Sure. Obviously, the most important midterm election probably in our entire lifetime is right around the corner. Certainly since 1994, I would say. Yeah. You know, and well, I'm, keep in mind, in 1994, actually one party had been in control of the House of Representatives for 40 years. 40 straight years. Yes. So that was pretty amazing. Uh, so, yes, I would say I would say even beyond 1994, though, because things are different now. They are. We're, we're far more polarized as a nation. And, look, I was still following back in 1994. I was 18. That was my first election that I was able to vote in. You yeah. know, so that was kind of neat for me. By the uh, way, 1994 was Lobiondo. That's that's correct. They yeah. took office in January of 1995. We took the early in the morning program. We were the first program in Metro Market history. We broadcast it for three straight days from the bowels of the Capitol building. It was amazing. That's incredible. I did not know Frank's, that. Frank's uh, next door um, 
uh, roommate, if you will, was Sonny Bono, who tragically right? died in a skiing accident. Yes, absolutely. Uh, they were next door neighbors, uh, and he was so nice. Uh, and that was it was incredible. And that was the I, I agree with you on that. There are great similarities between then and now. I truly believe that, and I think it's going to be a great idea for the Republican Party to reinstate a contract with America, you know, and, and not the same 10 pieces of legislation that Newt Gingrich had, yeah. but, but some pieces to, to bring America back to the America that we grew up in and one that we recognize. I mean, you know, look, I, I'm, I'll be a bit partisan, but this, this is what I'm calling common sense and sane at this point. You know, think of what President Biden did one day after assuming office, shut down a pipeline, a number of great, good-paying union jobs associated with that pipeline. Mexico gone. policy on immigration. Gone. Right. You know. Stop. Well, elections have consequences. You just took my theme. There you go. You, you, you literally. But uh, they do. Absolutely. Every time. And, and many times severe. Yeah. And, and that presidential election had severe consequences. And look, I think. Well, remember, we were at 2% inflation. Gas was about $2 a gallon. So I'm not called a liar. Maybe like 225 ish something like that. And uh, we went above 9% inflation, and we, um, we went above $5 a gallon. And yet somehow the Biden administration is touting this as a win, that gas prices are coming down and we should be celebrating this. That, it's- well, that's an insult. When, you, when you're paying two and a half times more than you were paying 18 months ago, and it comes down 50 cents, Nobody should be taking a, a, a victory lap and saying, look at the tax cut we've just given you. That, that insults, I think, people's sensibilities. It should because it's completely intellectually disingenuous, which yeah. is one of my favorite phrases, as you know. I mean, when I'm trying to be nice and not yes. call someone just an, a outright, liar. an outright liar. Yeah. Right. They're being completely intellectually disingenuous with the American public. And I, and I just think that the American public is smarter than that. I'm giving them the credit that they deserve that. Hey, wait a minute. I remember, you know, two summers ago, I was paying $2.10, and now I'm paying over $4. Uh, this doesn't work. This, no. isn't, this isn't real math. This is almost Orwellian newspeak math, right? Well, we, we actually have millions of Americans that are skipping a meal a day. I mean, they're, they're making choices between food and gasoline. And, and by the way, when we went from 9.1 to 8.5% inflation, that's because fewer people are driving. So that's not a positive. That that's changing behavior uh, because of the skyrocketing pricing. So between myself and Senator Palestina, we represent the number one and two tourism districts in the state of New Jersey. True. And with with my with Cape May being number two, Atlantic County because of Atlantic City and the casinos being number one. I know he's received similar emails to myself, and I want to give him a shout out because I'm in his district in his backyard. Um, you know, I received countless emails of people who say, I go to the Jersey Shore every year. And whether it's Seattle City, Avalon, Cape May, Stone Harbor, Wildwood, the Crest, North Wildwood, where people n- normally stay two weeks, they're staying one week. So don't get me wrong. Cape May is thriving. They're yeah, doing they phenomenal. However, people are really making choices based on inflation rates and fuel costs on whether they're going to, A, take a vacation, and if they are taking the same vacation as last year, they're cutting it in half. And by the way, if you see that kind of declination going on, there will come a point in time where the number of room nights are not the same. They may have to lower room rates because competition. Sure. And just the ability for people to be able to go and do something in addition to just paying for absolute basic necessities. So there's, it's a very good point. 
And it's and it's really sad that final minute. It, it's just really sad. And I remember when Kim Guadagno was running for governor and she and, and she talked about this. And now this is more true than ever. She said that the average New Jerseyan on one single income was able to pack up then station wagon. Now it's minivans or, or SUVs and be able to stay at the Jersey Shore for two weeks in the summertime. The average New Jersey family is unable to do that in this modern era with this inflation rate and and fuel costs. And I just want to give a shout out to Congressman Van Drew, who's going to win by record numbers. He's going to win by record margin. And I hope that he's part of that red wave that we're going to see nationwide, Harry, in that we're going to take back the House and it's going to be a repeat of 1994. Senator, great to visit with you. Thank you so very much. We're at 30 great minutes past the hour. Great to visit with you, sir. We have Joe Girallo, Atlanta County Clerk, next.
right on the boardwalk, catty corner across from the historic boardwalk hall. If you come down Florida Avenue up onto the boardwalk, you will see Sheriff Central, where Howdy McCann Jr. will be announcing the air show coming up in just a little bit. We are now joined by Joe Giralo, uh, who is the Atlanta County Clerk. And I tell you, it was a great joy writing a piece recently that you were prominently featured in because I'm a big fan. I know you are, and you're showing it. You're walking the walk and talking the talk. I'm a big fan of the history of our county, of preserving the history, not throwing out things that um, should be preserved. And you, you have taken a great interest in the history of Atlanta County and its artifacts and things like that. Yes, I have, Harry. I think it's very important to our county as we come up on our 200th anniversary of Atlanta County in 20 years, just about, a family that was their home. From 1969. And, and a lot of people either don't know this or have forgotten it in the first place, that um, the sheriff was the chief law enforcement officer in Atlanta County in those days. That's, as you know, that's no longer the case. No. The Atlanta County prosecutor is. So that was a very substantial time in Atlanta County history, and there's great history in that home, yes. as you know. And uh, I've myself and my staff, as I've said to you, have enjoyed Bill Gormley and the story and the history because that's what history is all about. It's, it's your story of the way you remember it. And I think that it is unbelievable, uh, the history, that people understand that the constitutional officers at one time lived on the property in Mays Landing in the county seat. So that's very interesting.
Harry Hurley live from the WPG Talk Radio 95.5 live in-person coverage of the Meet AC Atlantic City Air Show. It's the 19th annual on this beautiful day. We're going to continue live until the air show begins. And we're going to continue with great interviews with Joe Girallo, who continues. Senator Vince Palestina is on deck. And Jack Cittarelli will be joining us at 1030. And then it'll be a matter of exactly how close to the approximate 11 a.m. start time the air show uh, actually begins today. But it's approximately 11 o'clock at the moment. It passes prologue. It's usually a little bit after 11. It's been as late as 11.30, sometimes a few minutes after. So be guided accordingly, and we'll, we'll keep you posted. We'll know uh, when it's going to um, be taking place. Let's talk about what you were just saying before we got interrupted. I, I firmly believe, Harry, that you have to set the example, okay, and be an, exa- an excellent example for your staff, as well as for the public that comes in. And it's not beyond me to, to go out. I do go out and swear in notaries. I do go out and make sure that the public is being served at the counter. And when you're in the office uh, in the morning, it's quiet, it's nice. I'm able to answer the emails and return telephone calls. Uh, and in between that, you know, I'm smiling at, you know, in between that we do marry a few people. Um, so the office has seen a great change in eight months and it's i think it's a huge positive change and uh we've done the airwaves with the commercials we've done every radio program love being on yours to talk about things that we're doing at the clerk's office so there's some new initiatives that are coming out we talk about the property alert program so there's a lot of things that are taking place in terms of uh and and this is not tearing anybody down to try to lift anybody else up in terms of the state of the Atlanta County Clerk's Office, what did you encounter and what has the mark been that you believe you've been able to put on the, off, on the office thus far? Thus far, I think what we've done is we've been very transparent with everything that is taking place in the office. Uh, a lot of cleaning has gone on in the office. It still continues to be cleaned. Um, new furniture, upgrading of computer systems. We're currently working and continue to work on catching up on the documents that need to be on file. And that's a big, big part of what we do every day. Um, We've kept our word with the Atlantic City office, which is a full service office at this point in time. We are um, very happy to say that, you know, there's fully staffed uh, five days a week and things are going well. So we're, we're, all of that is changed. Uh, the appearance of the office is changing. Administration has worked is working well with us with uh, upgrades, physical upgrades. So it, a lot has taken place in, in in the first eight months of my term, Harry. In terms of the functions of the Atlanta County Clerk's Office, what does your office do? We handle uh, every notary swear in for every notary uh, person that's a notary. Uh, that comes out of Atlanta County. That's a roughly 16 to 1800 people a year that visit the clerk's office with just that. We handle passports. Um, we are a passport agent. We handle that both in Atlantic City and at our main office. And uh, upon my um, coming on, 
we hired some new staff and uh, some people that speak more than one language. And we are, last night I attended uh, the Bangladeshi um, festival here in Atlantic City and have hired staff that, that can speak five different languages. And uh, she's been such an improvement in the office so that when people come in and get their passports, they can speak in their native language uh, to an employee. So that's a big part of it. Uh, we also handle all you know land transfers and everything that is recorded. We also handle a lot of election stuff. The clerk um, is charged with all the creation of the sample ballots, all the vote by mail. And then, of course, the clerk certifies um, the, the election at the end. And right, quite frankly, right now, we're, we're facing two elections right now. There's a bond referendum in Greater Ake Harbor uh, Township, which... Um, it's, it's, it's a large election for October the 6th, so mail-in ballots um, are, are in the mail by Friday to anyone that had gotten them in that election district. And then we are uh, finished our draw last Monday to put together all of the uh, things for the general election. So your uh, vote-by-mail ballots will be in the mail by September the 22nd, so things are moving along you know, rather well, and i um, very proud of that. What's new to the office is uh, by September 1st, uh, we will be kicking off the uh, property alert program where if you register and someone were to do something with your property, you'll get a notification. And the next thing that's uh, big in our office is weddings. And uh, so far, we're about since February, we've, I've married about 80, 80 new couples. And uh, Did you know, uh, I learned that in a recent interview that the county clerk and I did, and if you missed it, uh, we'll, we'll put up the... Um, the interview it's there on the podcast to begin with but we'll save you the opportunity of having a search what day it took place and all that we'll put something up to refresh that i am not surprised because i know you and you're a hard worker and you love people and you love to help people did you know that when you were running for clerk that if you were successful that you would you were going to do this amount of weddings or did this did this come as a complete surprise to you when I was running, I said that we would, I would certainly marry people and it would be free of cost, of course, uh, because elected officials have the right to charge, but I don't believe that, that you should. That's my personal belief. But beyond that, I figured eh, we'll see how many we can do, you know, and if there's anybody even interested. I can tell you right now, we are booked into February. That doesn't mean you can't call and get a wedding, but we're, we're booked out as far as February. I'm kind of amazed. Uh, with the amount of people that contact the clerk. Does it come as a complete surprise to you, the volume? The volume of the weddings that we have done is a complete um, shock. Uh, the word shock is what it is. And uh, last week, married seven people. And we do post it on our Facebook, the county, uh, my, my Facebook page. But what's interesting, not everybody wants it on Facebook, which that's their right. So when I see people, they, uh, they've now given me the nickname Father Joe. So I kind of laugh at that, but the public only sees probably 60% of the weddings that I do. They don't see all of the weddings that take place in a clerk's office. And uh, when I was running for clerk, I had met with my dear friend, Rita Fulcinetti, um, Rita Rothberg from, from Cape May County, who in my estimation is a premier clerk. And I've learned a lot from Rita. And she said to me, I hope you're going to agree to marry people as the clerk. And I said, uh, I, I will. She said, because I probably see 20 a month from Atlanta County. Well, I have to tell you, Rita's numbers were low as to what we're seeing. Uh, last week was seven. 
this week so far, it's four. Uh, next week, I know I've looked at my, my schedule. We're, we're probably eight or ten deep next week. Let me comment on that. I, I am an officiant myself. You don't know that, I don't think. Uh, you did know it because I, I haven't said that very often. My middle daughter asked me to marry her, which what an honor that was. So I, I am the officiant. Uh, I'm, I'm ordained by the Universal Life Church, might be the same one that you are. A lot of people have utilized that. I'm an officiant of one wedding. I know what goes into it. You, you, I wrote a lot of the things I wanted to say, and you got to put the whole thing together. The reason that I believe that you have so many people that want you to marry them is because of you, because of how special you make it. For everybody that's listening, you think about how personal that is who is the officiant? If you're in the Catholic faith, it, it, it's going to be the priest of your church uh, like that. and things like that. But, but in your case, I believe the word of mouth is you're a very high quality person. You make it special and you're going to have you're a victim of your own success is what's happening here. Because they weren't doing 80 or whatever this is you're talking about a month before you became the clerk. I guess they were doing none, correct? Yeah. There, there were none, uh, none prior. We're back. And uh, we've certainly seen it uh, change. And I, I, I agree that the uh, the issue is that uh, we're, we're on time. When we do weddings, Jen steps you through all of the process, what you need. So it's all set up. And we take, take special care to make sure that, hey, this is your special day. We want to do what's right. We want to talk to you. We want to make sure that... Uh, we give you the option whether you want to be married inside, outside. Uh, the clerk does do different locations. So uh, we send the most times we'll send you the uh, ceremony ahead of time in case you want to do it. We give you the option to whatever you, as the person that's getting married, want to do. So it's your day. We want to make it special. We put a lot into it. And uh, it's something I certainly enjoy. Ten minutes before the top of the hour with Atlanta County Clerk. Joe Girallo, this is an area that you and I talked about in our long-form interview that we did a few weeks back. And I know someone, uh, actually a couple of people now, because a friend of mine brought another situation to my attention. If you are dealing with your passport, if your passport is about to expire, you know what happens. People plan trips. Even if you're going to Canada now, Correct. you need your passport. That's the reason I got it nine and a half years ago. Uh we were going to Alaska, didn't need it for that, of course, uh, but we went through Victoria, British Columbia. We needed the passport. So Joe told me, hey, listen, get that going like four months ahead of time. Uh, this is no joke. So I, I know a dear friend of mine, and it's somebody that, that this person's known for over 30 years. They have a very expensive uh, vacation that's planned. And guess what? They didn't leave enough time. Something happened in the time that they had. It came back a problem. They're not going unless some miracle happens. And sometimes, you know, you could go fly to another state right. where they'll give you an, appoint an appointment for some expedited thing. That's not a guarantee. And I agree. I agree. Now, I was no able guarantee. to, because of you, I was able to really give good counsel here because it was like a thousand dollar flight back and forth and with no guarantee that it would, would solve the issue. So what I'm saying to our listeners and for Joe to comment on is don't let your passport expire because if you let it expire, it becomes a whole new problem. 
getting it again as opposed to renewing the one that hasn't expired. But give our listeners an idea of the amount of lag time. Because you know it used to be easy. You could even pay a fee and get it in a couple days or a week. And you'd always get it within a month or two weeks. But that's not now. Not now. If you do a non-expedited right now, you're looking at 8 to 12 weeks for a return. And that's even for a renewal or a brand new passport. Expedited is an additional $60, and it only cuts the time to five to eight weeks. So so you said four months during our last interview a number yes. of weeks ago. Are you comfortable that that's enough time? That would be enough time. Four months is certainly enough time uh, if you're going to, to do that. If you want to expedite it and pay the additional $60, which... Quite frankly, Harry, I'm not a fan of wasting money. Yeah, uh, when you don't have to. You just don't plan. Have to. Plan just, better. Just plan better. Take a look at your passport. Uh, that's most important. Don't let it lapse. Take a look at it. Bring it on in. the department of state and getting you that answer that you need joe if you're renewing um and your office is not presently taking the photos at this time is that something you want to do it is something we want to do right now uh harry we are thank you for the compliment we are, are doing howdy mccann jr the uh, finest air show announcer in america uh was talking about me to my wife last night that's very easy to do because you're such a good thank guy, you harry thank you're you good guy he but he was apologizing to my wife for the last 41 years. No, oh, I would never. But he's a good friend. Uh, the, the key here, Harry, is uh, the Atlantic City office, we are now up and taking pictures in the Atlantic City office. So if you need your photo and your passport, we are doing that at the Atlantic City office. So say you're four months out. We'll use that Joe Girallo doctrine, that, that, that right. time frame. You're four months out. You have your passport that hasn't yet expired um, if you come, if you go to CVS or Walgreens or one of them, and you come with your passport photo, because they'll do them right there. Correct. And they'll be right sized and everything. And do you have to bring, what else would you bring, need to bring? If, if you're doing just a simple renewal and yeah. your passport is less than a year that it's been expired. Are on our website at w. Right now, if you were to look at your driver's license right now and take it out, it will say this is not a real ID. Uh, mine happens to say that. I'm going to change that. I keep saying I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And now I can do it right here in Cardiff. I don't yes. have to drive far away. Correct. So I'll go online. I'll make the appointment. And I'll, I'll one day after the show or whatever, I'll go and I'll do the real ID. This makes the passport, until you do that, super doubly important. Very valuable. Because at some point they've been kicking the can and letting the other license still work for flying. But at some point, if you don't have the real ID... That will not be adequate to take a flight, even in America.
Atlantic City, but our entire county. I've already talked to so many people on the boardwalk. I want to thank you for what you do. Uh, I, and I want to just talk that I know your charity event is coming up. So looking excited. forward to being there. Friday, October 7th. Looking so forward to that. My wife and I had such a great time last year. And uh, it's something we're, we're looking forward to. And uh, I, wanna, I can't say enough to say thank you to your listeners uh, for listening. Uh, what, what we at the clerk's office have to say and, and calling in. And, and anybody that wants to see what goes on at the clerk's office, uh, we're transparent. Our door is open. Come on out. We want to show you what we do. I think it's something that I'm proud to show you uh, the history and where I we are. It. I do hear it. So we're in good shape. So I want you to come on out, see us at the clerk's office. Uh, always, if you come out, ask for me. I, like, I love talking to, to the constituents. And um, what we do. Harry, looking forward to a beautiful day here. Thank you, Joe. Thank Great you. to be with you. When we come back, we will be joined. WPGG Atlantic City, WENJHD3 Millville, a Town Square media station. Everything you need to know in six minutes starts now. From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. We are back. It is six minutes past the hour live from the boardwalk in Atlantic City. And it's already, you can feel the energy, it's already a spectacle. And imagine hundreds of thousands of people are all going to be doing the same thing. They're going to be coming out for the Meet AC Atlantic City Air Show. And they're going to be listening on WPG Talk Radio 95.5, whether it be on 95.5 FM band, 1450 AM, and many, if not most, on the WPG Talk Radio app where you can listen anywhere on the planet. So if you haven't downloaded the app, we're about an hour, a little more than an hour from the Golden Knights opening up the 19th Annual Atlantic City Air Show. We are welcoming to our remote broadcast studio right now the home senator from District 2, very, very dear and longtime friend, decades-long friend, but he's still young, uh, Senator Vince Palestina. Welcome to the program. Great to be here, Harry. Thanks for having me again. Good to see you. Now, you work very hard, but I have to say for our radio listeners, uh, you have some good color here this summer. Got some good color. Get out there once in a while. Of course, my kids are now going to be uh, seniors and sophomores in high school, and so I try to get out there with them a little bit. They like to get outside and do some things, whether it's beach or tennis or golf, and so I've been able to uh, get out there with them a little bit, have some good time with the family in the summer, while for the most part we haven't been in Trenton. Of course, we went back for a day and got uh, a few things done, very important things to Atlanta County, but uh, for the most part we've been out of Trenton here uh, hanging with the family and enjoying the summer. And Senator Palestina is a banner presenting sponsor of this hour of our live coverage. We thank you for making that possible. 
Absolutely, Harry. Anytime. We love to do it. You know, giving back to the community is something, of course, you have always done and is a big part of your life and also, you know, mine, you know, whether it's my wife, Carolyn, her father, Frank, or brother, Andrew, you know, with Atlantic Coast Alarm, giving back to the community has been a staple of, uh, of their family, our family, you for a long time. And so we're happy to do it, pleased to do it, and anything we can do, we're there to help. I think a perfect comment for you to uh, jump off, for you to comment on, is we're in Atlantic City. We're broadcasting live on the boardwalk. Hundreds of thousands of people will be coming out. It's the signature event, not of just the summer, but of the year. This is an event that's somewhere between 50 to $70 million in ec- economic spend over a day or several days if folks come in a little bit early and stay a little bit later. This is a mega happening, what's going on here today. It is, and I'll tell you, coming in... Uh Coming in this year, I think the traffic is even more than last year. Of course, we got great weather. It's going to be a fabulous day. I think city's even more packed than it was last year. I think with the uh, people coming in, it's going to be obviously a great event. You know, I heard you say earlier with Michael Chade, 19th year. It's just amazing to think that it Hard has been believe. 19 years that the Atlantic City Air Show has been going on, and it looks like this is going to be a great one. And I, the traffic coming in was amazing. The people walking in with their beach chairs, getting ready for the event, was great. They were all over the place out there on uh, Pacific Avenue, Atlantic Avenue. I think it does highlight the fact that with events like this, there is absolutely no way that Atlantic Avenue should be one lane in each direction. Can't so do it. I, I think that city council's really got to take a look at that because when you see all the cars out there and all the traffic and all the activity, that highway, that main artery through the city has got to be two lanes. You need emergency access. You need to get people around. And so we got to figure out a way to keep that two lanes. I hear... You know, I hear the mayor say, you know, where are we going to get the money from? And I think it just highlights his incompetence with that kind of stuff. He's been there for 20 years. Councilman, city council president, director of revenue and finance, now the mayor. And you can't it, find money to pave Atlantic Avenue and all it, this time? Come it, on. And, and especially with the, um, the, the unwavering relationship he has with the lieutenant governor and the governor. I mean, if you said, hey, we, we need to do something here. All I know is Stockton University, and you were a big part of it, uh, they needed more funding. They got it. Uh, they, they got it most they, in history. They, they got it most in history, yep. and, and, and you went against what every other Republican, you and your two uh, assembly uh, teammates, Guardian and Swift, you went against what most people did that just cast parochial votes because if you're a Republican, you're supposed to say no, but you don't say no if it's more appropriate to say yes. Absolutely. And that's what we did, you know, between the anchor program, you know, largest property tax relief program in history, getting stocked in the most money they've ever had, getting the aviation research park uh, continued, getting the, you know, the most money in surplus, getting all the school construction we're going to get, going to get, getting the school aid for our teachers to hopefully be able to get through this pandemic, get back in the classrooms and start teaching our kids. There was a lot of reasons yeah. to vote for it. You know, I'm very proud we voted for it. And at the end of the day, it is going to be a good budget, which was just highlighted by the credit upgrade for the state of New Jersey. I mean, it was a good budget. Now we'll see going forward. Of course, inflation is a terrible impact for people, and there's a lot of challenges. And as I said on the floor of the Senate, if I had the budget to do, we certainly would have had a different budget. But at the end of the day, you know, I felt like this was a good budget for the people of the state, and uh, we're happy to support it. You're listening to Senator Vince Palestina live on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Early in the morning, as we do every year with Jennifer, taking it on the road right here. We are basically, so I'm not lying, two feet away from Howdy McCann Jr., the best air show announcer in america and probably we're at or inside an hour 
away from the air show. We have Senator Palestina, and then we will have uh, Jack Cittarelli that will close out things. If for some reason the air show was going to be later, we're going to continue with the pregame show until the Golden Knights are coming down from the sky. Uh, so it's very exciting, and this also should serve notice, and I'll drop the gauntlet for your comment, Senator Palestina, that Atlantic City, when everybody works together, it's, it's an unstoppable force of nature. We have resources that you cannot replicate. We've got this beautiful boardwalk, the beach, the Atlantic Ocean. When all the partners, and you know them all, whether it's uh, the Greater Atlantic City Chamber, Meet AC, and all the other partners that are involved with making this happen, Chief Sarkis, uh, Fire Chief Evans, when everyone comes together, Atlantic City can't be stopped. This this should be the – put this in a bottle, you know, jar it, put it in a bottle – and, and collect it like lightning or something and unleash it when we need it next time. Because when we do this, we win every time. Absolutely, Harry. And Atlantic City, of course, has something that no other gaming jurisdiction has. And, you know, there have been some challenges here, but these events are just so tremendous to highlight what we have in the city. People can go down to the beach, enjoy the air show. People can come up on the boardwalk, you know, get some exercise, patronize some of the stores. Atlantic City has things that no one else has, no one else will ever have. And so we can, we need to capitalize on that, and we need to do the things that are necessary, like you just said, by working together, by bringing the resources in to get these things done, to deal with the challenges in the city. And that's why you know I work very, very hard, as you know, Harry. We were communicating throughout to get some of the pieces in place you know, with the prosecutor, with some of the judges we got in place, with some of the appointments we're getting to some of the various boards around here, to be Atlantic County. We need Atlantic County people in these positions. It was extremely important to me. I'm so happy, you know. I couldn't have believed in the first year that we could have gotten done what we have accomplished. Yeah. And so now that we have, I believe, the pieces in place with all these positions, I think uh, we have nothing stopping us in Atlantic City. We are going to get things done here. We're going to bring the money here that is necessary, and we're going to get the things done to really get this city turned around. This will probably be the closest I'll come to a negative comment because this is a bright, beautiful, you know, perfect day in Atlantic City. And I, I don't, I don't want to sully it with something like this, but this is why – the rapport of the New Jersey State Senator from District 2, the Atlanta County State Senator, and the mayor of Atlantic City, that's been regardless of political party, has to be a positive one, regardless that one person may be of a Republican affiliation, the other a Democrat, that we've had that all throughout. Uh, very rarely, maybe when Jim Ussery was a Republican and, and Gormley was the senator, yet two Republicans, but it was mostly Democrats uh, besides Ussery. That relationship is zero right now isn't it it is zero it's unfortunate harry i mean i you know i don't get it i don't understand it you know it comes from uh, very counterproductive yeah very counterproductive i mean it comes from some of the leadership i don't the leadership of their party in this area and i think that's why they have been so unsuccessful you know is always just focused on elections never focused on doing the work of the people you know elections you beat each other up and of course as you know i haven't beat up like no one you know in this district and in this in south jersey but at the end of the day once you win you have to work for everyone and so it is extremely unfortunate that the situation is what it is they always just want to run elections we want to do the work don guardian claire swift and i 
we went in and we want to just do the work of the people. We don't right. care about party affairs. Right, for example, when, when, when somebody calls the office, it's not, did you vote for me? No, 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 I can't help you. You're, you. That's not what it's about. It's not what it's, it's about. About yeah, serving. That's not what elected service is about. And if you want to be an elected service, you have an obligation to do what is necessary to work with everyone for all of the people. Now, fortunately, here, but fortunately, Senator, you have forged uh, wherever, whenever possible, a very effective working relationship with Governor Murphy. I, I, I've seen it. Uh, and the results are self-evident from the prosecutor, the judges, and things that easily and normally would have gone the other way. I'd, I'd like our audience to understand that, that that appointments that Senator Palestina has been able to get done almost never happen in this age of partisan politics. It just doesn't happen. So you have established a really good working relationship with city council. Yeah. Uh, you have a great working relationship with the governor. I, I, I've never really talked about it. I don't know what your working relationship is with Lieutenant Governor Sheila Oliver, but you have a good working relationship with a lot of the pieces that still means that the senator from Atlanta County, your your office, your position is felt in Atlantic City. It's just a problem with one individual. Correct. And that's the thing that's going on because DCA, Department of Community Affairs, local government services, runs the city of Atlantic City. And so we have great relationships with all the administration. Wish you Oliver, you know, an opportunity to sit with her, uh, talk with her. And she agrees with everything we're saying. And so to the extent that, that uh, the impasse between the mayor and I it isn't really affecting anything because we have excellent relationships up and down the state with my colleagues in the Senate, with the administration, you know, with everyone at DCA. And so there is no impact on our ability to do things in the city of Atlantic City. To, and we are, you know, we're meeting all the time. We're talking all the time. You don't see all the stuff because behind the scenes. But there are things always going on. And we're going to continue those efforts with some of the pieces. Again, like I said, we got in place. They are we're at the table all the time talking, figuring things out. And you're going to see stuff start to happen uh, for the city of Atlantic City, whether it's, you know, we're talking about doing a mental health court, whether it's cracking down on some of the uh, life quality of life crimes with the shoplifting and some of the things going on, whether it's trying to figure out what we do with some of the social services over here. There are discussions all the time with representatives from the governor's office, uh, irregardless of what the mayor thinks or what the mayor says, we're going to continue those efforts and we are going to get things done for the city of Atlantic City. Jack Chitterelli and I are chatting right now. Uh, he's going to be here in about 14 minutes or so. We're visiting with New Jersey Senator Vince Palestina. I would think that you would be very pleased uh, to answer this next question. The, in terms of the amount of things that you've gotten done, whether it's Prosecutor Will Reynolds, multiple Atlanta County Superior Court judgeships, many that have been open for quite a, quite a while, I would think you have to be very pleased at your effectiveness at this point i can't tell you how happy i am harry i read some of the statewide articles about some of the judicial vacancies and some of the other things going on and i think there are somewhere in the neighborhood of 60 or 70 superior court judicial vacancies we had several when i came in we had you know through march of this year we had five open i have gotten all five nominations done we don't have ralph pallone fully um, confirmed yet through the Senate, but all five nominations are done. I was able to work with Governor Murphy and the administration, you know, George Helmy, the chief of staff, Justin Braz, who has now gone to the Department of Transportation, but was, but was the legislative liaison, Tim Hillman, who now took Justin Braz's uh, position. I have been able to work very effectively with them to the point where they have been great for our area. And I will say that I disagree, you know, obviously with the governor on policy, as you do. 
but they are responsive. They are on it. And if you're reasonable and you work with them, there's no reason why we can't get some of this stuff done. And we proved it here in Atlantic County. It's not getting as much attention as some of the vacancies and some of the other things going on. But in Atlantic County, we have successfully gotten things done. And you recall, it's only been a year since I was selected. And then Sweeney locked me out for two or three months. And so it's really only been eight or nine months that we have been there trying to do these things. And we've gotten it done. As you know, it's very loud on air and in, in, in writing on the digital platform of WPG Talk Radio 95.5 because I knew how effective you were going to be. And when you take somebody and you put them on the bench for two, three months, that was such a disservice. I think he paid a price for it. Look, his, his district changed, and it was a different composition than in earlier years, and Ed Durr beat him and beat him like a drum. But that was, that was off-putting and flat-out political in nature and wrong and, and disrespectful to the citizens of District 2 and the citizens of the state to deny them a, a duly selected senator. And, you know, I was very vocal about that. That oh. was a disgrace. Oh, 100 percent. And then, you know, looking back a year later, it's even more of a disgrace to me. I recall, you know, the us being in there with the Office of Legislative Services as they're shutting everything down. And I was just asking them just for the ability to answer the phones. And so now it's a year later, it's in the past, but I just think back, like, what were they thinking? The people needed help with unemployment, with DMV. We're in the middle of the pandemic at that point still. Everybody needed assistance, and for them to do that, I mean, they paid a price. They should have paid a price, honestly, Harry. That is not what you get elected to do, to literally shut down the phones, close the office. And so, you know, I'm not upset that he paid a price for it. He should have paid a price for it. What can you get done as senator that you couldn't get done as an assemblyman? Because you've done both. Oh, yeah. The assembly, I mean, assemblyman already was very difficult. You know, you don't get anything done legislatively. You couldn't do anything with the appointments. So, I mean, you start with the appointments. You know, all the things we have done with the judges, with the, with the prosecutor, you know, John Amadeo going on SJTA, talking to them about the CRDA appointments. We just got a local attorney, Tim Lowry, appointed or nominated for the Stockton University Board. Of course, they're going to be going through uh, some changes at Stockton. You know, Dr. Kesselman, if you think back, you know, I don't know exactly how many years it has been, but six years, seven years, whatever Dr. Kesselman has been there, the transformation of Stockton University from when you and I grew up here with a little college in the Pines to now being a full university with a campus down the street here to the expansion that they have had to the things that I've recently talked to Dr. Kesselman about, potentially expanding some of what they're able to offer at Stockton. They are such a big part of the future here, present and future here, and a lot of it is due to Dr. Kesselman. And so, the you know, we've now been able to get somebody nominated for the Stockton board. You know, I've had influence, of course, as you know, with the budget, with Stockton's budget, with the Aviation Research Park, with some of the other transportation funding. Have a Zoom with them next month about the old... You know, Cardiff Circle, we call it. You and yeah. I recall it as the Cardiff yes. Circle at the Shore Mall. But that is a pet project. That traffic situation has got to be changed. We need direct access from the parkway uh, when you're going southbound off of exit 36 into the old Shore Mall. We need to connect those shopping centers. They've been, you know, kind of deteriorating for too long, specifically because of the traffic. And so I have a Zoom next month about, you know, trying to get plans in place and funding in place to try to deal with that traffic situation. And so there's just so much more that I have been able to do as a senator. I'm really enjoying it, having a good time. And, you know, Mike Suleiman said to me last night, why are you so confident? 
Well, it's pretty simple because we're doing the job. You know, when you think about Don Guardian, Claire Swift and I, we are doing the job. We're doing it every day. You know, we got a great staff with Joe Berg as the chief of staff and Nick Poche and Brett Barbin as the deputy chief of staff. We speak multiple languages in the office. Uh, we are doing so many things for people. We're doing so many things for the area. And to think back at only being eight or nine months, I think uh, nothing is going to stop us from getting the right thing done for this area. Uh, for Atlantic City and so excited about the ability to continue our efforts into the future. Let me ask you about another area of power that you have. And I know you, you're very modest and you're, you're a humble person, part of your success, I believe. But this is not lost on you. Sometimes it's not about what you can do. It's what you can stop. And, of course, you have to be judicial about it because you want to get things done uh, with members of the other party. So if you're just captain, uh, you know, uh, privilege, you know, and stopping things from happening. But you can actually, in your position, and it, that's why this, the second district seat has been uniquely super senator for the longest time, even when Senator Farley was creating the Atlantic City Expressway. Right. I mean, that's he was a, a force of human nature to be able to do things like that. And Senator Gormley and many of the big things, including the building we're looking at, multi-million dollar uh, historic boardwalk hall, multi-million dollar convention center, all done by showing that you can cross across the aisle and, and make deals, make things happen. But if you need to, you have senatorial courtesy. That's very powerful, isn't it? It's a very powerful tool. Um, you know, all senators, you know, for people that live in their home county have senatorial courtesy. You know, we're fortunate, haven't even had a, any type of discussion about having to use it because the administration has been working along with us so well. But, you know, it is a pretty powerful tool. You see some of these judicial vacancies are held up specifically because of senatorial courtesy. I'm very happy that we haven't even had to have a discussion about using it here. But, you know, it does give the home county senator the ability to have influence on some of the appointments and on some of the things happening in the area, which is very important. I mean, senators get elected by the people just like the governor. And while I think the governor is entitled to have his administration, by and large, you know, when you talk about the third branch of government with the judiciary and some of the other appointments here with some of these boards, I think that this home home county senator should have some influence. And so, you know, we don't use it. Uh, the first thing I did, you know, Harry, because I was in the assembly, as you just said, First thing I did when I got elected was go talk to the people who are who have done it before. Smart. Senator Gormley, you know, went to his home. Senator McCullough had a great relationship with for many, many years. I called Senator Persky, who was there for a long period for a period of time, had some experience doing it. I, of course, talked to Senator Brown, you know, quite a bit as I was getting into it. And so I tried to rely on the people in Atlantic County that have done it in the past, and I think that really gave me the perspective to be able to hit the ground running with the job because I went and I relied on the people who have done it and you know they have all been fabulous. I think, you know, Senator Persky now and I don't see. But nevertheless, you know, he's got a lot of experience doing it. And Senator Gormley has been fabulous. You know, Senator McCullough, Senator Brown, a couple of guys immediately preceding me, you know, giving me the background and helping me along the way has been absolutely incredible. And I can't thank them all enough for it. If I lined up for you eight or nine months ago, that if in nine months, if we could just blink and be here now nine months later and these are the things you would have gotten done how pleased would you be i would have been extremely ecstatic would have made me wanted to do it even more than i did want to do it you know <laughs> you remember back there was some uh, oh yeah i went home to talk to carol and she and i differ on what her exact response was when i said people are telling me to do <laughs> Should this we say again. less than enthusiastic less than enthusiastic <laughs> is a good way to describe it and she and i uh, she and i don't necessarily 
each believe what she said, but it was that initial night, and you recall that initial night, she was like, no way, that was terrible, and whatever else she said. But then the next morning, I was on the radio with you, and I think about 10 o'clock in the morning, I will never forget it, she texted me while I was on the radio with you, and she said, all right, let's do it. We got to break that. That was, announced that was that's what air. I love about my job. Live two-way talk radio at its best, that was literally a personal decision that would then turn into a very public one that we were able to break in real time on the air. Because earlier in the interview, uh, Houston, we had a problem. Yeah. yeah, it was looking very questionable. She uh, literally that night, I mean, when, you, when you're the family of somebody that goes through that, and they spent, I think, three and a half million back then, they actually spent seven million this last time. Well, when remember, to, too, for, I, you know, in fairness, not, not that, that Carolyn needs me to defend because we're both, uh, love, we both love her and we're both defending her. She doesn't need to be defended. That campaign in millions of dollars you were basically accused of killing her mother with cancer and babies with cancer and all it was it was hideous it was awful you can't blame anybody for not we're like we're going to do this again i know it was like awful. we need to see you're you're the reason i can personally endorse you and i don't do this much anymore is because you don't need this you're completely successful self-made completely successful you need this like a hole in the head you want to get things done and you want to give back you're doing it for the right reasons you're not doing it so that you make the most money you've ever made in your life because you're parlaying public service in, into you know a profit center it's why you're perfect at this well thank you i appreciate those comments harry i don't, I don't know about perfect but i uh perfect I person think, for i it. do think my my background and then what i've been able to accomplish i mean i built that business that i had the engineering business and you know you're only as good as the people you surround yourself with and what we have a great staff in the legislative office i have an absolutely fabulous staff in the engineering office and they have allowed me the really the ability to do this um so i can't thank all of them enough i mean you're only as good as the people you have with you I did a live uh, off-air, but now it's going to become on-air experiment. Today, and if you can see that, today at 1025, who did I write? You wrote Governor Phil Murphy. So I wrote Governor Murphy. Greetings from Senator Palestina and me. We are live at the Atlantic City Air Show. 500,000 people thereabouts will be watching today. We're on the air and wanted you to just say hello. Best regards, Harry. Right back. Same right back, Harry. Please give Vince a high five from me. Keep well. Enjoy, Phil. And if you de and then if you text him back, thanks or double, I give, usually give him double thumbs up. He'll write you again. That was um, sixty seconds. It's unbelievable. To get the and, and that's how he the, has, the chief that, executive of the state. That is how he has been with me as well. Which I, I mean, I'm frankly shocked because I served with, with Governor Christie. I, I wouldn't be able to get him anywhere. I, you know, you have to go through five staff people before you even ever talk to Governor Christie. And but Governor Murphy, you know, if I text him right now, same thing. He's right back to me. And so we know, can disagree on different policies. We can agree to disagree. We can agree to agree on certain things, but you can't take that away. There is an absolute sense of urgency, and he is. He's terrific to work with. And, and one other thing I will say about him, just just to be fair, is anything he's ever told me, he kept his word. It's hard to find in this business. He does. And I remember uh, I went and met with him over here in Atlantic City when he was down for something, when he when I finally got the word that we were going to get Prosecutor Reynolds in place. And so, you know, he asked me to keep it quiet. Things And, and when you, you know, started that... There was somebody else already oh, yeah, picked. Were. Oh, yeah, they told me. When I went to Trenton the first time, they said it was somebody else, and they were moving forward with somebody else. So to be able to get that turned around was just tremendous. And, again, 
Will Reynolds is an Atlantic County person, born and bred, had the relationships here, now lives in Epsecon, but knows everyone here. And it was so important with that office to get somebody who knew the people down here, and he was the right guy, and he's doing a fabulous job so far, and he's got five years to really get things implemented. They're going to help our region. Senator Palstina, thank you for your support today. It's going to be an amazing day here in Atlantic City, the biggest, the best the largest midweek air show in America. We have that distinction, the Meet AC Atlantic City Air Show. So that's awesome. And it's going to be starting sometime in the next 30, 35 minutes or so. Uh, I'm going to have you introduce our good friend, Jack Cittarelli. Say something about our friend. So I was just thinking that, Harry. It's interesting that I got to, uh, we just got to communicate. We just got to communicate with our current governor in the state of New Jersey. And Correct. now we're going to get to say hello to our next governor in the state of New Jersey. You know, Good morning, Jack Cittarelli. I have to say, that's that's been, <laughs> Senator, that's been my story. And, and I've been sticking to it. Nobody uh, seems to object when I say it. And, you know, I'm a study of history. Absolutely. And, and I've the, looked at every race that's ever happened. And the guy or gal who almost does it gets it the next time. Absolutely. Now, but, but, but the predicate of that is you got to do the work. He you, does you, the you work. Just, yeah, this you just man, don't get it. You know, uh, like you're next. You've got to earn he, it in New Jersey. Unbelievable. He went right out after this election. I can't believe it. I saw him because I had gotten elected, and I started seeing him like down in Gloucester and in Burlington, and he is all over the place working all the time. I cannot believe how hard he, he works. He goes at places. You just can't I, believe he goes. I can't believe it. I can't tell you how excited I am. You know, hopefully we get through 2023 here because if we win here in 2023. Our team, Don Guardian, Claire Swift, and I are so excited to be able to support him in 2025. We literally cannot wait to get that campaign going. With I, I want to get Jack in, but I want to give you one more uh, question, Senator, because this has always been my Hurley doctrine. The first reelection is always the one that's fraught with the most peril, challenges, difficulties. How serious do you take? Because you, you get the short leash. You don't even get the four years. Right. You get two years. Uh, and they cheated you out of some of what you would have had. You would have had more than two years, but they cheated you. Sweeney, my friend, cheated you out of that. So you come back very, very quickly. And so the whole legislature, again, this is another critical tipping point election. How serious do you take that challenge? Well, absolutely, as serious as we can possibly take it. I mean, that's why we're out doing the work every day. As hard to keep it as it was to get it, right? Absolutely, without question. Yeah, the first one is the most difficult, and like you just said, it's two years. It comes right back really, really quick. So that's why we've been out doing the work, doing the job, and, you know, hopefully the voters respond. So my sources say Vince Mazio wants another run at you. I've heard that, and we'll see. I mean, he was the, basically the incumbent last time and couldn't get there, so we'll see how he can fare as the challenger on the outside. You know, he, they had a ton of money last year, which I don't expect they're going to have next year. So we'll see how it plays out. We'll see what yeah, I mean, we'll the environment it's is. It's just a personal opinion, but I'll, I'll eat the corn and the tomatoes, but I want to keep Palestina. That's <laughs> just, I appreciate that. Thank you And I think both it. win yeah. like that. That's yeah. a kind comment to make. Yes. I wish Thank success you. for both. Thank you. Me and too. what they're best at. Absolutely. The, uh, if you want to go so get some produce, head on over to Mazio's. But if you want to get good things done for Atlanta County, keep Don, Claire, and I there. Good to talk to you, Senator. Me too. Thanks. Be well. Joining us now without delay is Jack Cittarelli. Jack was the immediate past Republican nominee for governor. And I have to say, and it's tough to pull off, he hasn't stopped. Now, if you don't do that the right way, it's off-putting and it can become a problem. 
if you do it the right way by forging relationships and being sincere and it not being overtly hyper political, you know, on and off air, we've had these conversations, Jack. That is the magic. You can't if you do what you did and come within an inch or less fraction of an inch of winning the, the toughest position, I think, for a Republican to win in New Jersey. Maybe you could say United States senator, but that's not that's not the same. The, the, the governor position is something that the right Republican can win. And as you know, it's been done. Christie did it. Christy Whitman did it. It can be done. Uh, but you can't disappear. But you can't look like, hey, I'm the I'm just I don't stop. I'm I, I just I'm going to campaign for four straight years and, and never let you forget me. There's a balance there, isn't there? There is a balance there, uh, Harry. But win, lose or draw last November. What I'm doing right now is what I'd be doing anyway, it's which true. is helping my fellow Republicans get elected, because I just think and I know you agree. New Jersey needs common sense conservatism more than ever to counterbalance the extremism we've seen from guys like Phil Murphy. But let me say this before we talk a little bit more about me. You not only talk the talk, you walk the walk. You're out there in a community with this radio show helping local charities. Here you are today on this magnificent boardwalk. What a crowd to celebrate uh, what we're going to see today, which is a magnificent air show to salute all those that have served our country. We're proud of them and we thank them forever. And I want to ask you to comment further about that because Atlantic City is demonstrating today and every, every year that Atlantic City can do big things, can do big events, big beach concerts, which just happened, as you know. And, of course, the largest midweek air show in the entire country. What do you think about Atlantic City as, I think, a very important part of the state? And I often have said, as Atlantic City goes, so goes the state. The state needs the revenue that comes out of this town. Absolutely, it does. Atlantic City is one of seven cities that the Democrats have failed over the last three or four decades with their policies. And uh, listen, I think things are going very, very well here in Lane City, but I know you also agree they can go even better. So with the right type of economic development plan, with the right type of tax policy, with the right type of incentives, we've got to get our cities to revitalize in all ways. And that's how to solve New Jersey's fiscal problems. There's nothing wrong with our suburbs with one exception, high property taxes. And those high property taxes are because our suburbs have been subsidizing our cities in a number of different ways as Atlantic City has subsidized the state. Yeah. I mean, if we had to do it all over again, Harry, here's what I would have done as governor if it was way back when. All the casino tax revenues would have been plowed back into Atlantic City to make it totally self-sufficient. What could have happened would have been amazing. Oh, my goodness. We're 40 years late, but it's never too late to do the right thing. In terms of becoming known to win statewide, it's it's got to be one of the toughest states in the entire country. It's the most densely populated state. You have 21 counties. You have everything from urban, suburban. You have everything. Uh, so very, very unique in, in the diversity of this state. How hard was it? You were very successful winning your district. You were a member of the legislature. But I think you'll agree with me, Jack. There's a big difference between winning a district of a certain population and actually becoming well-known enough that you can carry the entire state. And to your point, Harry, before the pandemic came along, more than six out of ten New Jerseyans didn't know who the governor was. Pandemic comes along, and Phil Murphy's on the TV every single day with these press briefings. His name ID soared to more than 90%. It took me more than 18 months and $20 million in campaign funds to get my name ID north of 90. And it's because of what you said. 21 counties, 565 towns, north, central, and south. Jersey Shore are all very different regions. The other great challenge, Harry, but this is where you come in and many of your talk show hosts... New York, Northern Jersey is in the shadow of the New York media market. Yes. South Jersey is in the shadow of the Philadelphia media market. Yes. What we have going for us in South Jersey is you're one of about a half a dozen 
radio show hosts with a very loyal following where a candidate can get to know the people and the people can get to know the candidate. We don't have that in North Jersey. Um, so you got to be out there as I was over 18 months, you know, 15, 18 hour days, shaking hands, pressing the flesh and letting people get to know you. It's that's not why, easy. That's why I mentioned now and I've mentioned it, you know, in the past, both on and off air with you, that you have to show New Jerseyans that you you want it. They have to see that you're really working for it, and they have to believe you can win. If one of those is missing, you come up short every time. You've got to you've got to win the hearts and minds, and that's why Christy Whitman, when she almost beat Bill Bradley, won the next time. That's why when Jim McGreevy almost beat Christy Whitman, he won the next time. Chris Christie's it's it's a little bit different. There's a different story there. Obviously, it was like almost like a Rudy Giuliani thing. Uh, he took U.S. Attorney uh, and did a great job and did a great job cleaning up a lot of corruption in New Jersey, which nobody would touch before him. And he was perfectly positioned to win and then to repeat. But my my theory on this, my my Hurley doctrine, I call it, is that you have to show you can win. And that usually means you come up a little bit short the first time. Now, you did that. Uh, you, do you know the next part of the quotient, which is how to win it the next time. Yes, I believe I do. And, and make no mistake, uh, I was in it to win it. This yeah, oh, past no. election oh, wasn't no, about I know you didn't run, you didn't run to, yeah. to come for, for the, you know, right. the red ribbon in a beauty contest, not the blue Correct. ribbon. Uh, you, you did run to win, yep. and you almost did. And when I have a proof of a point, I'm very, very determined. The point I want to prove is this is not a blue state when it comes to gubernatorial elections. It's a blue-collar state. But it's not a blue state, and history shows that. Tom Kane Sr. was a two-term governor. Yeah. Christy Todd Whitman, Chris Christie, going into my election. We had won six of the last ten. By the and way, you, you did my Hurley Doctrine there, too, because Kane was supposed to lose to Florio, but he didn't. Uh, my and that friend was Roger his second Stone, run, though. That is correct. Yep. And then Florio almost won, and then he won the next time. That's correct. It, so, it, it just and it, it, New Jerseyans don't care yeah. if it's a Republican or Democrat. This has been equal opportunity here. Yep. So I have to do three things, uh, Harry, to answer your question. Number one, and I think this will be the easier part because the closeness of the race, the 134 seats that we flipped at the municipal and county level, the eight seats we flipped in the state legislature, including beating the Senate president, we now have a great many Republicans believing we can win. So that was job number one, convincing Republicans that we can win. Two and three, I need to make better inroads in the black and brown community. We did well there, but I need to do better. And I'm putting the resources on the team to help us do that. Um, making better inroads in the black and brown committee, who, by the way, share conservative ideals and conservative values, particularly with regard to being pro-parent, education, tax policy. Um, so those are the three things. Convincing Republicans, I think we're, we're more than halfway there after the closeness of the race and all the wins at the local level. Getting better access, better inroads, and better communication with the black and brown community throughout New Jersey. Thank you, Jennifer. And you haven't declared or anything like that. But let me just hypothetically bring up something. Say you do run. I think you're going to run. But that's for you to say. S say you run. Because of what you did last time, what's your expectation? Uh, I know you, and I know you personally, so I know you're not the kind of person that thinks that you just say, hey, listen, you, you can't run because I'm Jack Cittarelli. You know, get lost. But what do you think insofar as the showing that you did achieve in the last general election for governor 
and what that would mean relative to the type of challenge that you could expect. So it is my plan to run, and uh, we'll make an announcement sometimes in 2024. First things first, I'm focused on the congressional race this year. We can win these races, including mine in District 7 with Tom Kane. He's going to win. He's going to win. Yeah. Next year, the legislative races, I heard you talking to Vince about that. I'm guaranteeing it right now. We're winning in LD1. These three freshmen are all going to win re-election. Claire, Don, and, and Vince Palestine are going to win. I'm going to make sure of it. So next year, the legislative races, and then I'll make an announcement in 2024. But between now and then, the last thing I'm going to do, because it's not my nature, is to walk around like I'm the anointed one. I have no problem going out there and earning it. So you will go out there and earn it again go no out matter there what happens. And listen, if somebody wants to get in the Republican primary, I do believe competition makes us better. Here's one thing I'll drive home. People know what they're getting with Jack Cedarelli. First of all, a guy that can raise money. He's got the team in place. He's got the apparatus. He's got the message. He benefits people down ballot. He benefits people, and he believes in the people and down ballot. And many times that's not the case. Many uh, listen, times you have to start the thing all over again after a bad nominee at the top. And that, that we've seen that, how that happens. Let me give one to you in, in your column in the ledger. Something you do that's very smart. People, even if they don't say it, they're very, very intuitive. They're very smart about this kind of thing. There are certain people that have run that you only see them when they're running. It, I will tell you, just I'm just a, a regular Joe. I'm nothing special. That turns me off to no end. I see somebody, I don't even have to ask. I know they're running because I hadn't seen them for an extended period of time. They're Only when they're running. You're helping other people win. You're supporting people financially. You're supporting people with your time and your presence at their events. And you could be years from being on the ballot. That's smart. But in your case, it's not strategic, in my opinion. It's who you are. It's who I am, Harry. Listen, when I do something, I want to be successful at it. But I want the Republican Party to be successful more than Jack Cedarelli needs to be successful. And so that's what I'm really all about. And I'm excited. I'm excited about this year's governor's race. I think Phil Murphy has demonstrated time and time again. And people are waking up to it, especially now with this second term. He's an extremist. And you know the only thing that just bugs the hell out of me, Harry? This guy's gone to Italy. He's gone to Israel. It's important that New Jersey have an important relationship with Israel. Yeah. He's now in Colorado with the Democratic Governor Association. You haven't seen this guy on the Jersey Shore. July and August is Jersey Shore time. I've actually brought up to him when I was hosting nationally for Fox News and we did an interview. I think he's running for president. Absolutely. I agree. I mean, I don't think there's any chance that Joe Biden, he's got to. I, I support President Biden not saying right now, you can't do he that. Can't. He can't lame duck himself and destroy his, his one term like that. But at some point, he, he it's going to come become self-evident. He, he is not up to a, a second term. Well, then Katie bar the door because there there will be people and that will be on both sides once it's an open seat that's you as you know that's very different very different uh, and and in fact and i i'm just going to suppose that you are going to run when you run for governor that is an open seat at that point it is an open that's seat. a different election and to your point earlier and i learned this five years ago when i challenged a republican nomination nothing against kim godanyo i just felt we needed a clean break from the christie years um if you're a mayor a county commissioner or a legislator, the moment you step outside your town, your county, or your legislative district, your name ID falls off the charts. And familiarity is a critically important element in winning statewide elections. Well, I agree. I think that's any state, but I believe in the state of New Jersey, it's one of the toughest states to become known. You covered all the things I would have. We're not New York. We're not Philadelphia. If you, you have to get a combination of earned media and paid media. Exactly. It's all you can do. It's all you can and, do. And press the flesh everywhere yeah. you go. And, you know, the paid media, you have to be able to raise the kind of money. And I think that we proved if anybody thinks raising more than $20 million between campaign finance and independent expenditures is easy during a pandemic. Yeah. Um, okay. 
I welcome By you the to way, the arena. And if Harris against somebody who is very well funded, who, if you believe the the supposed, you know, pointy headed smart people, was a sure, sure thing to win. So if people think you can win, maybe that checkbook is a little more loose than if they think, oh, my God, I, well, I'd love to help. But, you know, you're going to get your brains kicked in. You you were done no favors with some of the most awful, inaccurate polling data. It was a disgrace. It's a disgrace and it only made it more challenging. But, you know, that kind of thing only makes me more determined yeah. and more motivated, quite frankly. But, but, I was but, it, really... but it did make you everywhere you went. You'd have to say, look, I'm closer. We know. Just trust me. Because, you know, everybody says that. Yep. But you were saying these polls are not right. We know these polls are not right. This is a very close race. You were intellectually honest about it. You would say this is a very – I remember this in all the interviews we did. Quote, unquote, I think verbatim every word from Jack Cittarelli. This is a very close race within the margin of error. That's exactly right. You were right. very open about it. You, he, you weren't acting like I'm winning by 10. I'm not losing by 17. You said it's within the margin of error, which really then – you would hope that would motivate people that every vote really counts. And if you look at history, that's been the case for every Republican's first win. It's like a baseball season. Yeah. Sure, the games count in April, May, but you and I both know it's those games in yeah. September and October that determine yeah. who the world champion is. How, how much were you affected by an all-vote-by-mail election, these drop boxes everywhere? I'm not asking you to get into you know, fake machines and rigged machines and, and go black helicopter and tinfoil hat, but there's no doubt. And we talked about this. Democrats have been better at early voting than Republicans. And Democrats have owned vote-by-mail elections. They just have. Harry, in my personal life, my professional life, my political life, when somebody does something better, I don't sit there and make up excuses. I try to do better what they're beating me at right now. But what I said was true, right? You're spot on. I mean, on Election Day, I beat Phil Murphy by 216,000 votes statewide. In-person voting on the machines. He beat me through the mail by 275,000, and therein lies his two-point win. And it's because they're doing it better. So I've started a nonprofit called Fixing New Jersey that has raised significant money to do the exact same thing. There are a great many people that only vote in presidential years. You know this. Yes. Our presidential turnouts in New Jersey are typically like 65%. Yes. Our gubernatorial turnouts are 45%. That 20-point spread is 1.2 million people yeah. that aren't voting. And when you think Out of about, only 9 million. Right. And after the pandemic, if we learned one thing, how important is your mayor and your governor? Huge. Huge. They have power that we never even would imagine, emergency powers that they took and never wanted to let go. This is a perfect opportunity because I've never done it, and I don't know that I ever will. But you have learned all 21 of these counties incredibly. Do as you can do when you talk about Abraham Lincoln. I mean, everybody should listen to Jack Cittarelli, not talk politics, but talk about history and Lincoln. And, oh, my God, it's 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 spine belling, riveting stuff. And, and I don't use those terms you, lightly. I mean, I've been there and have been blown away. No cue cards, all retained just knowledge that you have about the 16th president. Really amazing stuff. Give us a little tour. We, we have at least 10 minutes, maybe a little bit more even. We're, we're going to go with them. When, they, when we see colored smoke pouring out of the, the Golden Knights sneakers, we're going to say goodbye and give it to Howdy McCann Jr. And that's going to happen soon. Do, give us, because radio is theater of the mind, paint a Jack Cittarelli portrait of New Jersey as you learned it. And I think you'll agree with this. You didn't really know the state until you ran for governor. You can't know the state until you run for governor. And yes, we're the most diverse state in the union when you look at our diversity in terms of ethnicity, in terms of religion and cultures. 
but even geographically. I mean, Sussex County is very different from Middlesex County. Both are very, very different from Cape May County. You know, the greatest... And Cape May County is not Atlanta County, It's even. not. And, and the Jersey Shore is different from our farm belt. A lot of people don't realize how important agriculture is to our state business, our state economy. Um, but the thing that I always remember most vividly is if I were to parachute 9 out of 10 New Jerseyans into Cowtown, on a Saturday night. Caltown Rodeo, I'm a little bit familiar. Okay, in, in Salem County, yeah. if I blindfolded you and parachuted you in, you take off the blindfold and say, oh, we're in Arkansas. You're we're in, in Iowa. State. That's correct. This is New Jersey? Yeah. It was just featured in the New York Times because it's the longest running rodeo in the country every Saturday night. And it's a magnificent experience. I mean, that's just one of my most vivid memories of how very different New Jersey is in so many different ways. When you go to these different places that many times people don't ever go to, they just want the vote. So they'll try to mail it in. They'll try to send you some flyer or, you know, stuff something in your mailbox or, or do a radio or a TV ad. All the things you have to do. But when people actually see you in some of these obscure places, that makes an impression, doesn't it? It does make an impression. I can't tell you how much I enjoy that. So, for example, when I stop into the TikTok diner in East Newark and you walk in there and people are looking at you saying, what? That's the you, guy running for government. Guess what I want to do? I wrote a story about it yesterday. Uh, I want to go to Hobby's Deli Absolutely. in Newark. Yep. Oh, my God. It's been there for over 100 years. Right. They got Dagwood. Remember Dagwood Bumstead? Sure. Okay, Dagwood sandwiches that are unbelievable. I want to go there. You want to go there? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, listen. And we got all that all over the state. All over the state. It's what makes New Jersey very, very special. And uh, it's that kind of stuff that just energizes me as you go up and down the state. I mean, every day was different. Um, I enjoyed every minute of, you know, a lot of hosts would always say to me, Jack, are you taking this seriously? You look like you're having fun out there. I said, listen, just because I'm having fun doing this doesn't mean we're not in it to win it and not taking it seriously. But I also think demonstrating to people that you really enjoy being a candidate and being out there with them is important. When you ran and it was over and it was so close, I imagine, and you know, uh, I mean, I'll, I'll, I, I don't think you'll mind this. Uh, I called you shortly after the election. Yes, you did. And I congratulated you. For an absolute, you said you did everything except win, and you almost did that. And who knows if the election were today, you probably, you know. So I, I just had so much respect that I wanted to call you, and and because I think sometimes when things end, some people just you don't hear from them again. That's not the way I live my life. If I have a friend, right. they're my friend. Uh, so I was very proud of how you how you how you ran, and how you did, and what I thought it would mean going forward into the future, and how helpful I knew you would be to people like Vince Palestina, and you were. And and that was a tough race, you know, in, in, in a tough environment. Some people say, oh, no, that was a Republican, you know, environment. No, not with this vote by mail and these drop boxes all over and how yep. many how many funny things were going on. That was not easy at all. And that, that certainly was in doubt until until it was over. What did you learn after all of that running, learning the state like you never had before? running coming so excruciatingly close if it was like a bullseye you weren't in the red center but you were touching red center bullseye almost what did you learn in this process i don't know if i'd use the word learn i would use the word reaffirm because i've always believed in the people of new jersey i mean the seven times i've won election in this state a town where democrats outnumber republicans three to one a county where democrats outnumber republicans a legislative district where democrats significantly outnumber republicans when i've gone out and people have afforded me the opportunity to shake their hand look them in the eye and tell them what i'm all about they've always voted for me and so this reaffirmed that my great faith of the people of New Jersey. At the end of the day, they're going to vote for the person who they think is going to best serve their needs, the one who's talking about the issues. And what? so um, that's what I found really just so rewarding about it. Was I terribly disappointed? You bet. But I wasn't disappointed in our effort.
And um, listen, we came close yeah. against some enormous odds. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Sometimes there is a such thing. It's hard to accept at the time because you know how much, you know, shoe leather you wore off and how much time you spent in the endeavor. It's hard to, to say right after it's over, hey, that's a good loss. But you, I see if you agree, and if you disagree, we'll have a split decision on it. But I know this in my 31 years doing what I do. There are good losses and there are bad losses. That's a good loss. Well, to your point, Harry, I'm going to say something that's going to sound immodest. I don't think people realize how hard this is. I don't think people realize how easy it would have been to lose this race by 12 points and screw every one of my fellow Republicans down easy. ballot. Easily. Easily. Especially as the Republican in New Jersey. Yeah. Give people the math, Jack. Uh, Democrats versus, uh, there's more independents than there are Republicans and Democrats, but Democrats versus Republicans, that's a tough start right there. Yes. I mean, when you look back to Chris Christie's first win over John Corzine back then, the difference between R's and D's was about 600,000. Today, it's 1.1 million. So it's double. But, but that doesn't mean they won't vote for someone if you work hard, get out there, and press the flesh. And that the challenge is they don't want someone that they view as a total ideologue. But then, you know, if you think you can get away with dancing on the head of a pin and not take a position on anything, then people, that rubs people the wrong way. Absolutely, it does. And, and you have to be authentic. This can't be contrived. Oh, gosh, if I take this position, then I'll get this many Democrats to peel off. I'll keep this many Republicans. I won't get that many Republicans mad at me. And the independents will also love me. You have to be real, don't you? And so that challenge that you're talking about, I always look to Ronald Reagan. People didn't always agree with Ronald Reagan, but you know what? He looked you in the eye, and he told you how he felt about the issue. And he never told you, if you disagreed with him, that you were wrong. He never said you're wrong. He never said you're bad. He didn't poke his finger in your eye. And so I think one thing we need to do in this society we're in right now, Harry, is learn how to disagree in an agreeable kind of way. I'm, I'm big on that. I, I'm also a believer yeah. that we should go back to we can be friends with people that we have philosophy of governance differences with. We can be friends. There's a PBS special about the Reagan years, and he just wins a very, very important vote when the Democrats control the Congress. And the, the, the videographers have a, a video of Tip O'Neill calling Reagan to congratulate him on winning. When Tip O'Neill's the leader of the House, yeah. his own party members voted with Reagan. Um, I mean, I think we need to get back there. And I think deep down, that's something people would welcome. Let me check. We're three minutes before the top of the hour. So, you know, the Meet AC Atlantic City Air Show is uh, happening very, very soon. And just stay close. We'll keep you posted. If you haven't downloaded the WPG Talk Radio 95.5 smartphone app, please do so now. Put it on your home screen and you'll take the digital content and also all the audio access anywhere on the planet by just hitting the Listen Live button. And if you want to hear a podcast of something that's taking place, uh, just click on the podcast button. And if it's my uh, interviews, you'll, you'll see the, um, the Hurley logo, and you can click right on that. I'm going to my social media right now, and two good friends, Claire Swift writes, Harry, hi, um, tell Jack uh, that Tony, Jack, Claire, and I are listening to him on the radio. And we can't wait to go working on the Atlantic City Boardwalk with him. Thanks, Claire. We'll oh, shout out to her. She's a class act. Tell me she wasn't a great candidate. Great Holy candidate. Holy smokes, and I predicted that. You, you did. Out of the box. She was, well, she's, a, she's an elite athlete. I've yet to find an elite athlete 
that it doesn't transfer. Bill Bradley, uh, you can name all these different things. Yep. Um, there's football players that are now in Congress. I mean, once you have that level of commitment, you just, you just, it transfers. I think it's, it's just true. She's Steve Largen, solid, solid in every way. Oh, it's it was, a great delegation. It, with, it really with is. Don and with, uh, with Vince. Yeah, it really is. And Tom Foley reminded me, and you know, I had the greatest time with this in the world. You coined this. Who says that? Who does that? <laughs> Will you promise? Uh, good. We can give you an idea. Airboss Greg to Jennifer to Harry said 17 minutes passed. So good. We have another 18 minutes or so. And you got another rock star here, by the way. Joe Girallo, the county I had him clerk. On a little while ago. Oh, he's, he's a rock star. Anything, almost anything he would run for, he would win. Not just because, because he's, he's a competent just... county clerk. He gets out and presses the flesh. Oh, yeah. There's no, there's no question about it. We're going to do a news break, but then we're going to come back in like five minutes if you want to stay. But... Would you make me a promise? I don't ask for much. Uh, just just crumbs for your brother Harry, your little brother Harry. Just crumbs. That's all I'm asking for. I got the crummer <laughs> thing that the, the server uses to clean the table right now. I'm scraping it into my hand. Will you at least use at some point? Who says that? Who does that? Will you do it, please? Absolutely. It resonated with that's, the people of New Jersey. That's a Jersey contract. Through and through. It's a promise. And I'm you not just giving you crumbs. I'm giving you the that. whole loaf. I'll take the whole thing. <laughs> what you would say, who says that? Who says that? Who does that? Yeah. You, it's so relatable. We'll be back. Don't go away. More with Jack Cittarelli. And I can't wait to turn it over to Howdy McCann Jr., the best air show announcer in America. It's early in the morning with Jennifer WPGG and Atlantic City, WENJHD3, Millville, a Town Square media station. Everything you need to know in six minutes starts now.